One chair for going down the hill, one chair for the truck, and one chair for being a person in the truck. But no matter how you figure it out, I still don't get as much as anybody else. Good morning. Welcome back to another episode of the Waffle Press Retrospective. The Failed Ward Contender Season 2, the season finale. finale. Yeah. Yeah, with the ultimate award contender movie. Mad, mad, mad world. I want to thank everyone who's listened to these. This is this is taking a little longer to this, finish. This the, was the an season. unwieldy series, and we just kept adding. What we do every time where we keep adding movies, and then we also get bored with the movies we're talking about, so we're like, can we just add this even though it has nothing to do with what we're talking about? No, no, the, 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 late, the late shift was, was a good addition. Yeah, yeah sure. This has been fun. I'm I'm excited to to wrap it up with this one. I'm excited for what comes next. But this is a it's a mad 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 world. I had not seen this film before. This was a unique experience. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna get into it. This is one of the greatest films I've ever seen. Oh my god, you really life. liked it? I love this. Oh, movie. I'm so I'm adding it to my top four on Letterboxd as we speak. Oh, I'm so glad you liked this. I love oh it. It's god. psychotic. It is it's... yes. It is a psychotic film. <laughs> It um, is so much. <laughs> How did you discover this? Um, all right. This is going to sound insane to people who haven't seen the movie, but this is 100% true. So so Turner Classic Movies, would, you know, they show shit all the time, right? Like, mm-hmm. And they used to do nights that were, like, themed, you know? That were like, oh, all these movies have blank in common. And sometimes it would be like, this, these movies have a scene at a diner that's really important. Or it's like, oh, this, this movie... It's set, like, at the beach or something, right? You know, yeah. and it'd be, like, three or four movies. No joke. It's a mad, 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 mad world. I cannot remember the other movies it was with, so I apologize. But it was part of a series of movies with great scenes at gas stations. <laughs> that was the actual theme. <laughs> was um, 1941 also on there? You know what? It might have been. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna be honest. This movie really reminded me of 1941. Yeah, it's a, it's almost like a better version of 1941. It is a significantly better version of it. It has all the stuff I loved from 1941, which isn't a lot, but what I loved, I really loved, and none of the bad. Mm. But it has a lot of other stuff, stuff I liked, but a lot of other stuff. It has it has a lot of great stuff in it, in my opinion. That's my opinion. There's a lot of great stuff in this movie. There's a lot of insane stuff in this movie. And there's a lot of, wait, what? <laughs> stuff in this movie. Um, well, you, all right. I got to ask you, though, because this was brought up. So you watch this on Tubi, right? I watch this on Tubi. So you can watch this on Tubi. It took about five hours. <laughs> um, it's I saw, so th- it's a little difficult to get. Um, it is. And there's also multiple versions of it. Yes. So I think we should mention that at the top, too. Did the you, version uh, I saw was... Well, yeah, that was what I was going to ask. What what length version did you see? Two hours and 34 minutes? Okay. Me, uh, 39 minutes, excuse me. Two hours and 39 minutes and 27 seconds. That's the version available on Tubi. Uh, it is also cropped. Oh, I yeah, caught don't early watch on. the Tubi version. Do not watch the Tubi version. If, you, if you're if you super curious, yeah. you should. Um, if you, if you really, yeah, because it... Uh, Criterion has it currently in stock. Um, not on the channel. Like, you have to buy it from them. If you wait for the next sale, it'll be totally worth it. 
I don't know if they have the. I got the uh, like the really. Let me grab it. I have it right next to me. Um, I got the like collector's edition kind of. I don't know if they're still putting this version out where it's mm-hmm. like five discs. Um, wow. Yeah, it's five discs. It's uh, two Blu-rays, three DVDs. Has a bunch of like behind the scenes stuff, uh, and has several edits of the movie, um, including the 197, uh, 197 minute version, oh um, God. which is, uh, I'll, I'll talk about some of the additions to that. I wouldn't start with the super long version as much as I like this movie. It's, it's one of those to start. You should start with the, the, uh, the, the length Diego basically watched. Like that's the theatrical cut is the one to start with, you know? And then on rewatch, maybe watch the over three hour version. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm a little disappointed you watched it crop though, because this is one of those like amazing 70 millimeter like Cinerama dome built movies. Like, I could tell. That's the thing. I could totally see the compositions that were fucked up yeah. by the Tubi version. Yeah, it was like it was really impressive just seeing like okay, I need to add like another thumbnail worth of of detail here. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but. The blocking is, like, amazing in this. Yeah. Well, because so many scenes of this movie are, like... At times, it gets up to, like, 15 people standing in a circle, like, arguing. And yeah. And it's like that. But then there's also, like, amazing stunts that are real. Like, that you the couldn't fake are at the time. fucking unbelievable I know. in this. There's a plane that goes through a billboard. It's real. Like, <laughs> that shit's real. <laughs> like, I think it's plywood. I think that's what they use or something like that. Like, they use something really thin. Um, but still, you can watch an actual airplane. I mean, you watch the shot because you get stuck in the airplane for a huge chunk of it. That plane is out of control. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like they had to really do that. Like, <laughs> um, oh, my God. Poor I'm Mickey so Rudy. glad you like this. I really didn't know how it was going to play. Oh, uh, my God. No, it, this is everything I've ever wanted in a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> No, for a it while, really is. <laughs> for a while, it used to make, like, my top ten movies of all time. Like, I don't think it does anymore just because I've seen a lot of movies, but it's still one of my all-time favorites. Like, it it just... might jump to my top hundred. Like, I gotta <laughs> settle because I'm, like, really excited about this movie, yeah. but it, it's fucking fantastic. Yeah. It's not... doesn't have a great reputation, though. That's crazy uh, to me. Well, part of it is that it was billed as, like... The comedy to end all comedies, right? Mm-hmm. And what's kind of weird about it is, I like it's not the funniest movie ever made, right? Like, I, I, I it's very funny, but it's not like you're not gonna be like fucking out of the way. I don't know what's it. What's a great comedy? <laughs> like that's so subjective. Um, well, here, like on Tubi, the the movie that started playing afterwards was Some Like It Hot. I think yeah. Some Like It Hot's one of the funniest movies. Yeah, ever like made. that's probably a funnier movie, right? Yeah. Or, or uh, like bringing uh, up baby, what was that? Bringing up baby. Yeah, like those are like funnier movies. Yeah, but there's something about like it's just I can't think of another movie really like this. You know, mm-hmm. like 1941 is a good one. The Blues Brothers comes kind of close. You know, yeah, um, that has a whole like musical element to it. Uh, there have been other uh, movies with like the same basic setup, but don't play nearly as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so it doesn't have a great reputation. I think it's the Stanley Kramer of it all who's like, his kind of standing has gone down in, you know, recent years. Um, like, 
like who who really likes guess who's coming to dinner you know yeah that's the only other stanley kramer movie i've seen yeah i saw that like a while back like Mm. 10 years ago well this is i gotta say this is after a bit of a run for him um and he's kind of like like here's the thing he was like the neoliberal type shit of his era you know i completely see that with guess who's coming to dinner yeah but he's like you know he's 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 got this run of the defiant ones which is like a you know nineteen fifty eight film with Tony Curtis and Sidney Poitier where they're two prisoners you know one of them's white one of them's black and they're shackled together and they must cooperate in order to survive right mm. so yeah you can see where that movie's going <laughs> you don't even need to see it um, there's on the beach which is like a kind of like a movie about nuclear war. And it's a bunch of people kind of like a nuclear war's happened and then they're standing around being like, how could we let a nuclear war happen? Um, there's Inherent the Wind. Have you ever seen Inherent the Wind? I guess you haven't. Um, no, no, I have not. Which is about the Snopes monkey trial. Does anyone know what the Snopes monkey... Scopes monkey trial. No, um, I, I do not. That was the... Uh, they basically... Um, uh, I can't remember what state, but straight up uh, uh, banned the teaching of evolution in schools. Um, Tennessee, uh, Tennessee's Butler Act. Thank God Tennessee has never been ground zero for other wacky laws. Oh. Um, oh boy. <laughs> um, but it, it's like a dramatized version of that where it's about like, you know, teaching it. Um, and it's, it's all a metaphor for McCarthyism, you know, it's a pretty good movie. Uh, it's got Spencer Tracy is in it, um, as, uh, uh, the lawyer. Um, also, Scopes lost, by the way, um, for those who don't know, in real life, Scopes lost. A teacher was, like, found guilty of teaching evolution, and it went to trial, and that guy lost and had to pay a fine. So, good job, America. <laughs> um, he follows Inherent the Wind Up with Judgment at Nuremberg, which is a courtroom drama about the Nuremberg trials. So, like, that lighthearted subject... <laughs> and I believe it's one of the first movies that ever had actual footage of the Holocaust in it. Like, mm. uh, we they had footage of the concentration camps, which were like, bar, like the public wasn't allowed to see them at the time. And that movie, they kind of used that as a workaround to be like, we have to show people what happened. Like, that was part of the reason that movie got made. Um, and it's a pretty solid movie. I remember liking Judgment at Nuremberg. It's been a while. Um, and I think, I'm guessing just to be like, that like judgment at Nuremberg must have bummed the shit out of him. Like I just think that, and then he was like, "I'm gonna make a hard left turn, and I'm gonna make the greatest comedy of all time," <laughs> which is what his stated goal was. And well, you know what? It gets kind of close. It, it gets it's a, it's the swing. I I think I admire the swing more than the actual hit. But he made a great movie. Is the thing he did? Like, yeah. It's whether it's a great comedy. That's like a. I just that's a subjective debate, and it's it's a little weird to throw all of these different guys together, and most of the movie is just them running around and yelling. <laughs> like yeah, it's not like it's we're not doing like Milton Berle doesn't do his shtick. You know, he's actually very much against the type of shtick he would do in this, and uh, but it's fucking funny as hell at times. I mean, Jonathan Winters is fucking killer in this. Um, oh my god, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Um, yeah, these are all basically like the biggest comedy actors of the era. Yeah, right? it would never happen today. Like this caliber of comedy stars, right? 
Well, I, I think that's sort of a, a systemic issue also because we haven't like really found like yeah, as but many I think there are stars. I think there are a handful of like those guys are the great ones right now. Like, there's no, no, not. Really... I, I agree, but like, I, I don't think I, this is this is my take. Whenever I say stuff like this, is that I don't think we've allowed these people to flourish to the same degree because of like. The current film ecosystem. Yeah, there's, there's, not, that. there's not talent out there. I, and, I never would say that. And then and this is in an era where comedy is much more. Um, oh god, what's the term? Um, Who's less woke, bro? Less woke. <laughs> there's some jokes in here that haven't aged very well, but we'll get to them. Um, oh, oh, oh boy, will we? Uh, but uh, there's a there's. I got what's the term I'm looking for? Because I brought it up with like you know the, this is. Like, the Tonight Show, when that is, like, the definitive late-night show, right? Mm -hmm. And then when the end of the Carson era happens, that's when comedy kind of splits in all these different directions, you know? That's when you start Mm -hmm. getting alt-comedy. That's when you start getting all sorts of new shit, right? Yeah. And so there's no... There's not that mainstream comedy vein anymore. Um, I think that's why, like, something like uh, SNL is, like, damned to mediocrity, right? Because it has to be kind of mainstream, and it's aiming for audiences that just don't exist anymore. So it has to kind of get parts of every little audience out there. Yeah. Like it's to me, it'd be like, if you know, let's like, like I, I would say maybe the two biggest comedy people are like, let's just say Adam Sandler, who just won the Mark Twain prize, by the way, <laughs> the Mark Twain <laughs> I forgot prize, about that Yeah, for humor. Um, and so it's, it's Adam Sandler and like Will Ferrell, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think he's the other really big one where people just kind of love Will Ferrell. When he gets the right movie, you know? How can you put those two guys together? Did I lose you? Shit, I think I'm... No, 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 I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's... Yeah, I, I, I'm just it's tough. But, that being said, the plot of this movie is kind of the perfect vehicle for that kind of stuff, you know? Because, mm-hmm. uh, do you want to set up the plot of It's a Mad, 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 Mad World? <laughs> Alright, so... <clears throat> A convict crashes his car. Smiler Grogan, played by uh, Jimmy Durante. <laughs> and a group of, of people on the highway uh, stop off to help him. And he dies, like, basically in their arms. But before he dies, he tells them there is $350,000 buried in a in a park under a big W. A big W. A big W. Uh, yes. <laughs> And from there, they start trying to negotiate how to split the money, and they're off to the races as no one agrees with each other. Everyone's trying to get their first... It's, it's a rat race. It's an utter rat race yes. to get to the money, which is also why I made the joke last time about this movie inspiring the hit film Rat Race. Yeah, Rat Race is the... actually a hit film. What was that? I don't know if Rat Race was actually a hit film. I think it but... made money, but it's also like Rat Race is the bad version of this movie, you know? Let's see. And so, how much did it make? Yeah, 85.5 million against 48 million for the budget. Uh, it's not, but it's also, not like, a like hit. again, like we talk about, this is like, this movie's like got the biggest comedy stars of its time, right? Yeah. Like, it's it's got everyone. We'll get into who's in it. But then you look at the cast of Rat Race. It's like Rowan Atkinson, who's like great, right? Mm-hmm. John Cleese, who is funny, despite being John Cleese. Yeah. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg, who, like, that's at, like, the end of, like, the Whoopi Goldberg era, you know? Yeah, she was a figure. 
Yeah. There, yeah, she was like one of the top box office stars for like a minute, you know? Yeah. Um, Cuba Gooding Jr., who is Cuba Gooding Jr., <laughs> Seth Green, Wayne Knight, Kathy Bates, John Lovitz, Brecken Meyer, like... Hey, Kathy Bates is getting play, though, this retrospective. Yeah, oh, yeah, you're right. Have you seen Rat Race? Uh, it was like a... It was a Sunday ABC yeah. showing, so like it wasn't like the it probably wasn't the the uncut version or anything yeah. like that. So I didn't really watch it when I was younger. Yeah, but. it's uh, it's not a great film, um, yeah. although it does have the one insane sequence of John Lovitz stealing Hitler's car, <laughs> which is an actual plot point in that movie. Jesus Christ! He steals Hitler's car, accidentally pisses off a bunch of uh, bikers who start attacking the car, he crashes the car as a result into a convention of World War II veterans. He burns his tongue on, like, the lighter in the car somehow, and he hits his face on the steering wheel, which had lipstick smeared on it, so it looks like he has Hitler's mustache. And John Lovitz gets on stage at a World War II veterans convention and is trying to explain to them what happened. And he looks like Hitler. And, and I'm sure with the with the burnt tongue, he's like, yeah, he's like, I got the whole day out to Like, yeah, it's, it's like you know, really like that's what happens when you burn your tongue. You yeah. sound like Adolf Hitler. And yeah, you start, that's like a that's like a stretch joke. Yeah. It's like, oh, it is a stretch, <laughs> but it's a hell of a sequence. Um, and it's and he starts waving his hands around, and so he looks like he's doing the Hitler salute, right? Like, yeah. That's probably the one, like, sequence in that movie. And it's not, like, you know, I don't think that's going to make anyone rush out to see Rat Race. Probably not. Although Doug Walker listed that as one of the best comedy films ever made. Yeah, Doug Walker is not a smart person, though. It's weird. Can you believe, can you be that, like, like, incurious? Like, I, I just, I, that's what I'm, is crazy about him, you know? That he yeah. just... He just doesn't seem to give a shit. <laughs> well, we, we've talked about this before, but it feels like there's there's definitely groups of people that are just not curious about, like, cinema. Yeah. You know? Or like, life like, in I, general. <laughs> or, yeah, really. I mean, truthfully. And um, it, it's, you know, it's boring. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not even, like, sad. I'm just like, yeah, you're not, you're not that interesting to listen to. Yeah. You know? And I don't think we're the most interesting, like, people on the planet or anything like that. But I do think we're, like, genuinely curious. At yeah. least curious enough. Yeah, we want to figure out, like, we like movies at the end of the day. And whenever I don't like a movie, I'm usually just upset I didn't like it. (laughs) Because I want to like the fucking thing. Um, But, yeah. And it should be said, though, the lead of this movie is Spencer Tracy. Who, not like like a comedy guy, totally. Um, who was, he was, at this point, was like Stanley Kramer's regular guy, right? Like, he did like a, he did like four Stanley Kramer movies. Including Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, which I believe is his last movie. Isn't that part of, like, the mystique of that film? Oh, maybe. That he was, like, dying while they made it. And so when he gives that speech at the end and, like, everyone's crying, they're not just, like... Like, I believe the story is, like, Catherine Hepburn's, like, crying because she knows Spencer Tracy's dying. Um, oh. That's part of, like, the mystique of that film. Hmm. Um, they showed that to us in school. Really? Yeah, I took a film heritage class, which was supposed to, like, teach us about, like, I don't... I actually, I totally... I, in looking back on it, I don't understand the theme 
of that class, because here were the movies we watched. We watched Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, Dinner, Three Kings, American Beauty, uh, The King's Speech, and I believe we watched that because it had just won Best Picture, so I was, like, furious that we weren't watching The Social Network. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what was the... Uh, L.A. Confidential, which, by the way, the uh, when we watched L.A. Confidential, the teacher went on a whole rant about how that should have beat Titanic at the Academy <laughs> Awards. Um, Road to Perdition, I think, was the other one. Whoa. Yeah, like, I I can't really find a unifying theme to those movies. But the class was called Film Heritage, and it was supposed to be something about, uh, uh, I guess, connecting it to, like, American history, maybe. But I think it was just an excuse for this teacher to show whatever movies he wanted to show. Because why the fuck would we watch American Beauty? You know? Well, that was also, like, a revered film for a minute. It was a revered film, but what does that have to do with American history? Well, it's got America in the title. I guess. But also, what... All right. Like, I I don't want to... Sometimes you look back on high school and you're like, what was going on with that guy? Who shows American beauty to a bunch of high schoolers? I don't know. Like, that's a weird one. (laughs) That is a little strange, That's a little weird. Just be like, hey, I'm throwing this one out there. I'm cool with this movie. It's like, all right. Guy who's in his 60s but has braces. Um, That guy was a weird guy. (laughs) Yeah. The description alone, I can't, like, picture the person. Mm-mm. Very strange dude. All right. Uh, but uh, it was nice enough to me, even though I was kind of a dick. But, um... Uh, all right, all didn't right. Do, you know what? Here's something weird, and this is the, like, I think my high school was just, like, because I was, like, perpetually dying while we were making... while, while I was trying to graduate high school. <laughs> um, I think at a certain point, teachers were just, like, turn a blind eye, just, like, just give them a passing grade. I didn't do a single assignment I was supposed to do for that class. Incredible. And I got an A. So, like, I... And I was so, like, just on so many so many medications at the time, I didn't even think to question it. And now when I look back, I was like, wait a minute, what happened? <laughs> like, we should have watched this in that class. This is more about America than any of those films, let me tell you. It kind of is. It is, an Ameri- <laughs> like, it is a very American film. <laughs> It, it is the one of the American films, in it, my well, opinion. Well, it's so uh, great. I mean, it for one, it's just crazy to look at these people driving around like a California that doesn't exist anymore, you know? Yeah. Um, for interesting facts, though, uh, we talked about one of Doug Walker's favorite comedies is Rat Race. Fucking idiot. D- uh, Doug Walker's uh, Doppelganger. <laughs> the angry video game nerd. <laughs> the other side of the angry critic uh, YouTuber. This is the Angry Video Game Nerd's favorite movie of all time. Oh, okay. He's, he's a man of taste. It's a mad, 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 mad world as his favorite movie of all time. Um, and he did a video of going around to the different locations of, like, trying to figure out what they look like. And it is weird to just be like, oh, they're all, like, suburbs now, you know? Like, they've completely mm-hmm. changed these roads. It looks nothing like this anymore. Um which is just like, but like to see these landscapes, it looks so good. Especially if you can get the Criterion version, it looks so good. I am going to buy it. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely. I am. told you. This to is buy one of the. F- I told- you did. You did. Uh, but this is one of the few movies where, like, I saw for the first time and I was like, I'm buying this. Yeah. You know, it was this, 
And um, <laughs> what was the Norman Mailer movie? Oh, what uh, tough guys don't dance. Tough guys. Yeah, I have the Blu-ray of that from Vinegar Syndrome. Oh no. yeah, I forgot Vinegar Syndrome put it out. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta yeah. get that actually if they still have it. Um, I was like, I when's Criterion regret... putting that out? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm gonna put them right next to each other on the bookshelf. Why not? There yeah. should be a shelf just for the movies we've done on here. I, I think I'm gonna do that. Yeah, well, just... not all of them because I don't want to own all of these, but. Yeah, it'd be funny. You know, like, it'd be funny to own some. <laughs> yeah, no, like I mean, who else owns a copy of? Uh, I, just, I just forgot the name again. God damn it. Uh, tough guys don't dance. <laughs> tough guys don't dance. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Other than Norman Mailer. <laughs> yeah. Norman well, Mailer was buried with unsold copies. Of <laughs> tough guys don't dance. <laughs> um, but also, like, you rest uh, in piss. Yes. I should say, piece of shit. so, like, if you do, anyone out there who, who gets a hold of this movie, watch the theatrical cut. The shorter version is, in my opinion, the better version, although the longer version is fascinating. And I gotta say, so, the really extended cut, the 197-minute cut of this movie that you get from Criterion, comes with uh, the, like, kind of, like, introduction, because this was done in, like, a roadshow format, you know? It was... Mm-hmm. One of those, there's, there's an intermission, there's all that shit. I got the intermission, I just yeah. want to say that. I got the intermission. Intermission's on all thing. versions, but the intermission <laughs> is slightly different for the 197-minute version. Um, so, it, the, uh, I don't know, did yours open with the song? Yeah, with the little opening intro credits and stuff, and the little diddly. Well, no, there's, there's the cartoon, which is done by uh-huh. uh, Saul Bass. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God, Saul Bass. Yeah, of course. Um, of fucking course. Um, but there is another one that would play over a blank screen that is just a song. Um, you didn't get that. I didn't get that. But let me open it up again. Let me see if it, if if I just missed something here. It has some of the worst lyrics to any song you'll ever hear. <laughs> it's just a blank screen, you say? Yeah. Just well, some it's either a blank screen or it's that globe logo, but like it's it's nothing. No cartoon is happening. Hmm. You know what? I think I did. You did get the song. Yeah. Here, let me let me pull it up. It's a bunch of people going like. I'm telling you, it's a mad, 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 Yeah, can you hear it? I can't hear it, no. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a that. mad, mad, yeah. Uh-huh. Some of the, the lyrics are really bad. <laughs> and it's not ideal. And probably the most dated thing in this movie, because there's a bunch of, like, it's like, the world's mad, Japan's weird, China's weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> those are kind of the lyrics, and you're like, oh, no, like... So, not the best note to start on. Um, the the 197-minute version, there's just straight-up scenes missing from the movie that they've never found. So, like, they'll use production stills and, like, some audio sometimes to recreate them. Uh, there's some... There's, there's signs where, like, the film will, like, degrade in quality massively because, like, they only have, like, parts of the recreation available. Uh, the intermission that you got um, isn't just an intermission. This this is a pretty cool idea. This is like I want someone to like, do the roadshow release of this again in some way. Uh, when you're in the lobby during the intermission, you would hear the police uh, radios being like updating you on where the characters are. 
it'd be like, this is, uh, this is unit 12. We just saw fucking, uh, uh, John the winners. <laughs> like he's, he's coming back onto the road or whatever, you know, like they, they're talking mm-hmm. about like all the different things happening. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. That'd be fun. Like you're in the lobby and you're getting updates on the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, that that would be great. Yeah, it's just it's a lot longer. It's you don't really need it. Um, the the shorter version gets the job done. Uh, although there is uh, an ex- uh, Buster Keaton gets an extra scene in the movie. He only has one scene in the finished product. Uh, did you did, you saw Buster Keaton? I'm assuming, right? Yeah, I, I want to just mention really quick before we move on from the the, the runtimes. Mm. So on Wikipedia, there oh, are yeah. three listed runtimes. 202 minutes for the original cut, which I don't think is available. Yeah, no, that's not uh, available anywhere. It's just not, it doesn't exist. 192 minutes for the premiere cut. Mm-hmm. 161 minutes for the theatrical cut. Mm-hmm. Now, on IMDb, there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 runtimes. Yes. Well, because there's also, like, there are TV edits of the movie, right? that are widely mm-hmm. available. There is, like... I believe, like, every format it was released on, I think, is a different length. You know? Um, yeah. Like, I had it on DVD and VHS, and they were both different versions. <laughs> um, so, like, I, I, it's it's one of those weird ones where there's a lot of... The DVD one I have is interesting from, like, years ago, uh, where it's kind of in the middle of the theatrical length and the uh, extended version... But there is a noticeable drop in quality for certain restored scenes. So you'll notice, like, suddenly it goes from, like, pretty good picture to suddenly it's like, oh, they got this out of, like, a fucking salt line or something. Like, <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating. The, the, the length you watched is, is probably good enough. Let me see what the, uh, hold on, let me check real quick because I have it right here, um, what the uh, regular length is. Yeah, and and then we could uh, I'll go back to Buster Keaton because it, it is perfect that he just has a little bit. In yeah, it's like one little bit that's basically him like trying to get involved and like just can't. But yeah, uh, but I mean, like it. This is the natural evolution of the Buster Keaton thing. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It makes it makes sense that uh, the Criterion doesn't list the different runtimes, but it only lists the really long one. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure how long. Exactly, but the, whatever the the if you get the if you get the five disc version, which I'm not sure is available anymore, but if you get the version with the multiple edits, the first disc comes with the shorter version, and that's the preferred version, in my opinion. Some some purists might disagree with me, mm. and I'm sure Diego, you will now be revisiting this film. Um, I so. am gonna watch this as often as possible. Like <laughs> yeah. I I cannot explain how much I love this, how much I want movies like this. Constantly. Oh yeah. No, this was a huge inspiration for me when I was younger. Like to the point where, like, with my friends, I tried to like make my own version of it. Like when I'm oh like, yeah, no, I'm what? absolutely gonna try to write something like yeah, this. It's... It will probably not work, but I'm gonna fucking go for it because yeah. this is. I, I really do love. Like this is a this is. A comedy epic. Has oh, yeah. Has ever been a comedy epic before? I mean, there's, there, I would put Blues Brothers in that category, you know? Like, is Blues Brothers, like, does it have an intermission? But Blues, the, the long version of Blues Brothers is, like, over two and a half hours long. People forget. Is it? Oh, shit. Okay. I, I think the Blues, the, I always remember the Blues Brothers being, like, shockingly long, but, like, in a good way. Let me check real quick. Yeah, that's I mean, also one like, where there have been like multiple releases of it that are different lengths. 
Yeah, well, I mean, for Blues Brothers to, to kind of talk about comedy stuff for a second, like, it reminds me of, like, the conversation we had about Scott Pilgrim, a movie I also really love. I, I've never realized it was over two hours yeah. until we did that episode. I was like, I thought it was 90 minutes. It mm. feels like a 90-minute movie in yes. the best way. But, uh, yeah, this is this is kind of, this has that same vibe. I'm Also, like, I basically drove my family insane with how much I watched this movie. Mm-hmm. Like they like every now and then I they'll see it. they'll yeah. bring it up as like God damn it you're watching that again like there's like a thing where like sometimes I'll be like I'm thinking of re- like I haven't watched that in a while and they'll be like no not while we're around we've watched the movie too many fucking times because <laughs> there was an era where I was just obsessed with this movie just early early two thousands Macaringo fucking laughing at fucking Buddy Hackett like. <laughs> <laughs> I believe the uh, entire uh, like principal cast of this movie has since passed away. I think they're all. I think they've all died um, at this point. Um, I think almost everyone in this movie's dead. Like it's so. It's such a. Yeah, Carl Reiner's passed, so mm-hmm. he has a very small role in it. Did you notice Carl Reiner? I don't think I did. No. He's one of the air traffic control guys. Uh, where they're trying to, and he, he's the one, he, he has the comment where he's like, why don't we just shoot him down and get it over with? <laughs> <laughs> no, I missed him. That's his big comedy line in it. <laughs> All right. I mean, he was a comedy legend. Oh, so no, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, didn't he, he started working, did, was he, uh, did he work with Sid Caesar? Yeah, yeah. I don't. The, his early works he? with Sid Caesar. Okay. Um, he contributed sketches to Sid Caesar. Sid Caesar's one of the leads of this movie. And here's the thing, like, we're talking about comedy legends, like, you might not know these people these days, like, Milton Berle, Sid Caesar, Buddy Hackett, Ethel Merman, but when these, these guys were, like, as big as the Beatles when they were huge, like, comedy stars don't get that big anymore, like, Mm -hmm. Jim Carrey was, like, the last mega comedy star, you know, and the Jim Carrey thing only lasted a few years in terms of it being a megastar. Mm-hmm. Like, you forget, that's, like, a really quick run of him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even, like, Adam Sandler's popularity, it's not the same. Like, now he is kind of, like, uh, he's kind of tenured in the culture. He's, like, an elder statesman of comedy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, but it's still not quite the same atmosphere as, yeah. as what you're referring to. Like, that is, like, bizarre to think about, that there's not guys like that. Yeah. Which, it's... And I mean, guys in the non-binary sense. Yeah, well, so to get all of them in this movie is, is crazy, right? Like... Mm. And then you have people like Jerry Lewis has a cameo, like, and I, I'll say this, I just want to make this point, um, I, I know someone who makes the claim that the biggest celebrities of all time, like, bigger, like, that have never been bigger celebrities than Martin and Lewis at the height of their power, mm-hmm. um, and part of his argument is that when Martin and Lewis would leave their hotels in New York City in Times Square, they would shut down Times Square for them to cross the street. God damn. That was his argument. <laughs> so, uh, Jerry Lewis is in this. Uh, Dean Martin is not, though. So, <laughs> Dean Martin, is he's too busy. Was he in, is he in Cannonball Run, which is kind of another, like, adjacent movie to this? Who's in those fucking you know, Cannonball Run movies? Was he? No. Oh, shit, he was. Yeah. Those yeah, are just, like, seen... Those movies are just forgotten, man. Like, we forget Jackie Chan is in that movie. Like, good. Should I watch them? You know what? I do not remember them holding up. So, okay. 
the one you want to see, the Hal Needham movie, is you want to see Smokey and the Bandit. That one's actually still pretty funny. Okay. Um, with Jackie Gleason. Uh, no, I know that one has a, a quality reputation still. Yeah. Uh, that one that one holds up. Um, but, uh, yeah, I can't speak for the Cannonball Run films totally. Uh, so what did you... Uh, when did you realize you were... I'm just fascinated that you responded so positively. Because I'll be honest... I have never had someone react that way to this movie. Really? Yeah. That's actually kind of shocking. To me, this is like, this is what I want out of spectacle cinema. I think we're the only two people on Earth that want that. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. But it, it felt like this movie was waiting for me my entire life. But also, frankly. like, really silly comedy in it, too. Like, yeah, like, it, it is so silly, but it's it's also got, like, a lot of, like, heart in a way but it's also cynical but yeah it's a mixture (laughs) of cynicism and heart that is fascinating yeah like i'll say it ends on like not like a downer but it's kind of like oh shucks right and then it gets very funny and it's like ah you know like we just talked about um uh uh, barton fink and um and sullivan's travels and sullivan's travels you know sullivan's travels like all about just kind of like you know everyone needs a laugh yeah the healing power of laughter it has that yeah and that kind of happens here too yeah (laughs) It's a weird theme we accidentally built towards. <laughs> yeah. We and I remember we were talking like it's kinda of hard to talk about comedies on, on these shows. Yeah. And But thankfully there's a lot of action in this movie we can talk about. Yeah, yeah. So. I think that's partly what I was drawn to. The fucking stunts are just fucking absurd. Yeah. Um when when that guy Grogan is uh, Smiler is dying mm. and um and I don't know why. But when he says, like, you, you know, pick me up and I'll fall to bits or whatever. <clears throat> and the way people will just not shut up about trying to figure out, like, what to do. <laughs> it, I don't know. It was, it was so funny and charming. I could see how someone might find it annoying. That's but it's such like a, there's a r- rhythm to all of it. That you know? scene is so fucking weird. Like it is. First of all, it's like we we start with him like you know speeding. Like the opening of this movie is him speeding down the highway, and then he like happens to hit the one stretch of road with like it, like nature built a ramp for him to shoot off of. Yeah, <laughs> goes sailing right out there, which is what which is what uh fucking Milton Berle keeps saying. Um, and he gets as some two incredibly funny moments where he gets down there and Sid Caesar's like, I'm not a doctor, I'm a dentist. Do you think you've been hurt real bad? <laughs> and he just goes, is he kidding? <laughs> <laughs> and then he does that whole speech where he's like, at first he's like, look, there's all this dough. You can go get it. It's buried under a big W. And you don't know if he's like insane, right? Like, Because mm-hmm. he's like just been thrown out of a car that went off a cliff. And he's like, a big W. And he's like, watch out for the bulls lousy stinking bulls all over the place and buddy hackett looks over his shoulder like there might be an actual bull around <laughs> and then he does you know he's, he's like and then you fix yourselves up walk down the street like a king do it for smiler the old smiler everybody's friend and it gets, like, kind of, like, silly but emotional. And then he wakes up again. And he's like, I didn't mean to do it. And he, like, make, he's like, just tell him you're sorry. And then he's like, finally dies with peace. And then it ends on the weirdest fucking note possible, which is he literally kicks the bucket. Yeah. He kicks the bucket, and then we watch the bucket roll downhill. 
No, there's a lot of like gags where like you know like slipping on a banana peel. Yeah, it's the end. The last joke of the peel. movie is slipping on a banana peel. Yeah, it's like the like peak of comedy. <laughs> and I think just those recurring elements where it's like it's so obvious, but it's so cleverly like implemented between character, action. <laughs> And surprisingly theme, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I think people think of comedy as like, oh, I just want to laugh, right? But yeah. it's like, no, this is like a full-on, like, epic. This, this is a film epic. It just happens to be an action comedy. A hundred percent. And it's also like, it's a movie just about, like, we can't fucking cooperate when there's money on the line. <laughs> like... Yeah, like, that's why, you know, we're, we were kind of joking about this being like one of the great American films but also I think you and I are both also completely serious about that no no I I, right? I think yeah. it's great um, it's yeah. it's it's a little like it's a little Stanley Kramery and like the moralism of it you know mm-hmm. he's thankfully very restrained because he's I think he's going for comedy more um, mm-hmm. but it is a movie where it's just like it's it's constant like everyone's fucking themselves over and then the the double narrative is that the whole thing is rigged from the start right because the police know about it like Mm -hmm. and the police are basically like well we got to find the money so just let them do it like don't stop them which feels like it probably started from like a narrative concern of being like well wouldn't these guys get arrested at a certain point and then it was like well maybe the police are in on it and then it ends up just working thematically where a the police the game's rigged so they none of them really ever had a chance to win the money and then you get uh spencer tracy's life falling apart in the background and then him kind of deciding he's gonna rig the game in his favor to try and steal it and you know if he had probably cut everyone in too to share part of it he could have gotten away with some of the money but it didn't happen and it's it's like it is kind of it is kind of sad but also really funny yeah and it's like you know, that element, it, it almost swings, like, into just full-on, like, like, not, okay, man, not full-on, but, like, more leftist than I guess I anticipated. Well, the, Which, wack, you know, the really crazy leftist thing is that the end of the movie, so, like, spoilers, but you should go watch this. Yeah, you should but absolutely they, go watch it and then come back. The climax of the movie where they all are fighting over the money at the top of the building and they drop it, it falls on a bunch of striking workers. Yep. They're the ones who get all the money. <laughs> So it's a weird, like, oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I see what you're going for. (laughs) And it is like, that is, it's it's still slightly unexpected. Um, But goddamn, is it fun. Yeah, I had no idea where this was going at any given moment. And it's very funny that you and I both agree about the American film thing. Mm. Because after a little digging on the Wikipedia, Mm. um, the screenwriter William Rose you know, when he originally came up with the film, like, idea, it was about, like, a, a chase through Scotland. Mm. And then, like, eventually it just morphed into being set in America. <laughs> so, like, even the idea wasn't, like, initially American, but I think capitalism is just yeah, a this very could, American Like, no concept. offense, this could only happen in America. Like, I this, think so. This is yeah. a, a 100% an American story of just, we cannot stop for five minutes and just them trying to divide up the money is one of the funniest scenes in the movie. Like yeah. where they just, <laughs> which can't, is like, like they're like, well, four cars, four ways. And it's like, wait, wait, you, you guys would all get a quarter each and we'd have to split a quarter. And it's like, well, five of us went down. It's like, yeah, but there's eight of us. Like they can't fucking, and they come up with the most convoluted system to try and make it worth fucking, uh, Sid Caesar. And they just, 
can't make it work. It's so fucking funny. Oh my god, but it was so good. It's like there's very rarely like a close up or like singles. I don't think there's like there there's a couple singles in the movie, but it's like so often they take advantage of like that ultra panavision mm. seventy millimeter framing. And it's like a bunch of people in the same scene just talking at each other over each other. And I but you don't lose track of, of any criticisms it has is that it doesn't really use like filmmaking language to its advantage for the comedy. Like there are I call bullshit on that. I well I think it's stronger in the blocking, you know? Like mm-hmm. which is cinematic language, but I think everyone everyone saw that fucking Tony Zhao fucking Edgar Wright how to do comedy video. And it's like that's the only way to do comedy now. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, hey, I love Edgar Wright too, but it's not the only way. Yeah. You know? And but it's like, also like I don't know, you know, I don't want to like I'm I'm being a little I'm trying to play good cop to the people who don't like this movie, but I I, I fucking love this movie. I don't know, man. Um, it's no, it's, I don't know. I mean, everyone thinks like you know, like I think you and I both are like uh, pro director, obviously. Yeah. Um, but you know, sometimes you don't you don't need to be flashy. Sometimes yeah. like, you know, what's really funny watching someone kind of like run into a door in a wide shot. Yeah. It's funny There's to some watch stuff someone that hit themselves. Just funny like there's some dialogue that like you know you could yeah sure you could maybe direct it better but there's some dialogue that is just funny yeah i'm like you know trust your actors to be funny i mean or to to give a performance which is their job to talk about trusting your actors um there are so many great performances in this yeah where the fuck do you even begin jonathan winters might be my favorite in it um we'll get to him in a moment but i gotta shout out just because i don't i i don't know if she totally gets her deal Ethel Merman is so fucking funny in this movie. Oh my god! Uh, just yeah. like the worst person, <laughs> like just <laughs> like of, of like classic, like I just to say, like it's that classic kind of like '60s sexism of like the mother-in-law being like annoying, you know, mm-hmm. which is something we don't relate to in like the modern era. But yeah. she plays it so fucking well; it is hysterical. Just her yelling at everyone and mucking things up. She's always the one that, like, when she starts the argument, you know, like... Yeah. <laughs> when, they, when, they're, when they're all meeting, being like, look, let's all go get the money. And she's like, that's all good. Now, what's this fair shares we're talking about? Like, <laughs> she's the one who starts it. And they, they all immediately, like, zoom in on her as, like, they all hate her. <laughs> There's the great... I gotta just... I gotta do the line perfectly. But when they're trying to divide up the money and they're deciding to go their separate ways... Buddy Hackett has the great this great monologue where he goes, "Look, we figured it seventeen different ways, and every time we figured it, it was no good because no matter how we figured it, somebody didn't like the way we figured it. So now <laughs> there's only one way to figure it, and that is every man, including the old bag, for himself. And then he goes, "Good luck and may the best man win, except you, lady." May you just drop dead. <laughs> and then Jonathan Winters comes in and goes, okay, well, we can all agree on that. <laughs> and it's like, God damn, that's so fucking funny. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. Ugh. Oh, my God. Um, God damn. Great, great fucking comedy in this. Here, I, I think the funniest thing to me, at least, like, just, like, in a broad sense of my taste in comedy... <laughs> When people look like they're about to have a heart attack at oh, any yeah. given moment, <laughs> and this movie is just that. Every performance is a version of that. I don't know why. Like, people exacerbated in yelling is just kind of funny, you know? Yeah. Like, 
maybe because we've all been there. <laughs> like we've all had that <laughs> moment where like we're losing our minds. And I mean, I've had moments like that where I look back and I was like, I was out of my mind, but it's like a really funny story now. You know, like mm-hmm. we all have one of those. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just, and everyone is on edge for like most of this movie. Yeah, and you get to see like Sid Caesar kind of has the performance of he. You know, he's a dentist, <laughs> and he kind of starts out, he's like, I'm the reasonable guy, I'm going to do this, and you kind of see him devolve throughout the movie. Oh my god, it's the best. Where he's just like, <laughs> he starts snapping, and then he ends up, they end up stuck in a basement for most of the movie. Yeah, the whole middle chunk of the movie, he's like a different person. He's he's turned into a different person just through, like, circumstance, and he's like lost his mind somewhere. <laughs> yeah, he's like trying to break the door down, fucking he blows up this shit, like, half the time. Yeah. <laughs> And the, the, when he can't turn off the blowtorch, he's like, I'll just leave it down yeah, right here. Like, and I was like, I know exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. That is one of the funnier ones where, like, his wife, who's, like, so understanding, she doesn't get a lot to do. Uh, um, Edie Adams, I think her name is. Um, yes. She's she's great in this. She's kind of yeah, like. She's great, not very proactive, but. Yeah, she kind of re- just like Great reactions. On. But she has a good moment where she's like, Melville, can you just try the door? One last time. And he's like, I'll do it for you, honey. And he walks up there with the sledgehammer, but because the stairs have been weakened, when he like reels back for the swing, he hits the railing and the whole thing just collapses. Fucking, um... But speaking... I have... Alright, so I mentioned that I watched this as part of TCM's famous scenes at gas stations night, right? Yes. This movie has one of, like, there's a lot of crazy stuff in this. Jonathan Winters at that gas station is one of the most psychotic scenes in any movie. (laughs) Of just, like, where the fuck did this come from? Like, so, Jonathan Winters gets, he he meets Phil Silvers, who's also terrific in this. He's kind of the one who's always, like, cheating people, you know? Mm -hmm. So he's fun in it. Uh, He goes, like, look, I need a ride. There's all this money. If you drive drive me down there, we can split it. Phil Silvers tricks him. Jonathan Winters catches up to him at a gas station. Phil Silver's like, oh, help, it's that maniac who escaped from the asylum. He's <laughs> <is> like, what? <laughs> and they knock him out, and they convince him, like, I'm his doctor. Look, keep him tied up. I'm going to send the boys with the white coats to get him. It's like, you guys are heroes. Right? How many people has he killed? More than you'll know. Like, which is such a weird line. He, he just, so they tie him up. He wakes up. And he's like, where's that bum with the glasses? And he's like, get, get, get this stuff off me. And it escalates. Those guys try to knock. They hit him in the heads with bottles. And it's like, that's the way you want it. That's the way you're going to get it. And it's like a five-minute scene of him just destroying this gas station. Like, he throws the, the one that's insane is he puts the one guy on, like, a fucking, like, I think it's, like, I can't tell if it's, like, a little, like, fridge or, like, a tool cart. He pushes him. Sends him flying through the window, over a bench, into a pole that brings a whole, like, ceiling down. In, like, one <laughs> shot. Like, by the end of the scene, he's destroyed the entire gas station. I mean, oh my god. That's... Yeah, it, it, it is amazing. And they end up with that guy. He has that guy's, those guys' pickup trucks for, like, most of the movie after that. The constant switching of vehicles is fun too. Like yeah, that they're yeah. like either swapping vehicles or that they crash and they have to steal a car. Phil Silver uh, steals Don Knotts' car at a certain <laughs> point in the movie. 
Where he pretends to be. Tell him the X-27 called. Did you hear me that? Like, where he's trying to pretend he's a secret agent. Um, oh, my God. Uh, this, um, so I much. need to shout out Mickey Rooney on the airplane. Oh, my God. That Mickey Rooney oh and uh, Buddy Hackett. Just, yes. Just out of control. Um, you can't talk about that. <laughs> Um and and who's the who's the other guy flying the plane it's initially? The, it's I, uh the professor from fucking Gilligan's Island. I don't remember his name. Uh, uh Fitzgerald. I don't remember either. Real quick, Fitzgerald. Yeah, uh, yeah. Tyler Fitzgerald's the character. Um, um, Jim Backus, who was oh he was the rich guy Thurston Howell the third on Gilligan's Island. Uh, yeah, he's just an alcoholic who owns a private airplane. <laughs> it was. It was love at first sight when I realized what was happening, and he was like, "Oh, you know, just make me an old fashioned." All what right, could go wrong with it... an old fashioned. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, "Don't make it so sweet next time." Oh my god. Okay, well, like, just press yeah, the I'll, button I'll... marked booze. <laughs> and he's like, "Okay, I'll go. You just, uh, you just fly the plane now." Okay. See, what you do is you just put your foot here. You you keep your hands on the on the wheel. All right, Buddy that's, Hack- that's all. Buddy Hackett's face holding that wheel is hysterical. <laughs> he's, just, yeah. he's clearly terrified, but he's like, he's a natural flyer. And then you know, shit doesn't work out. Yeah, and then immediately the plane starts spinning out of control, <laughs> and like immediately knocks him out. They're now stuck in an airplane they cannot fly. No, but th- my favorite bit about that when he's knocked out. Every like angle of him hitting part of the airplane as oh. going out of control yeah. is head first. Yes, every <laughs> single bit. The, the, and then like they'll be flipping upside down, and it'll be on them, but you can see in the background his <laughs> yeah. body just getting flung around. He's dead. Like, I mean, like he's not just drunk and knocked out. Like he's fucking dead. They fucking like throw him around a thousand times. <laughs> And it's just them in an airplane screaming, and like that's like a good like hour of the movie is them. Yeah, stuck I mean that's plane. the crazy thing to me is that a big chunk of this is just like these kind of subplots yeah. of these well, characters where, like just fucking up. That's where it's perfect because you get to put the characters kind of in little comedy bubbles, you know, so you mm-hmm. don't have to worry about these different tones clashing. So you can kind of be like, okay, we can have Jonathan Winters go on an adventure and Buddy Hackett and fucking, uh, what's his name, go on an adventure. Like, it's, it's, per- it is the perfect plot if you want to bring a bunch of different comedy voices in, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, they're all kind of just the same insanity in this, <sighs> but there is, there's, you know, there's enough that each, each get their strengths, you know? Uh, yeah, to- and again, there's a rhythm to it. And like the intercutting between them is like, it, it's, Oh, and the music really well. is like crescendoing, and it's like we're gonna see, especially going into the intermission where we're seeing where everyone's at at the same time, mm-hmm. where they're doing the the cutting to them in the airplane, them in the basement, fucking uh, Ethel Merman going backwards down a hill, <laughs> <laughs> Ethel Merman's son driving the wrong direction at a hundred miles per hour. <laughs> yeah. Dick, Sh- that all right? I Sylvester is amazing in this. Yes, He's a crazy person who they call for help because he lives a block away from where the money is. <laughs> now, it, also because it's the sixties, they can't have it be that he's just having sex with his girlfriend all day. Yeah, they have to be like but dancing it's a million times funnier that they are just dancing <laughs> yeah. every time they call and not picking up the phone. It's just them dancing to like swinger music. 
It's, oh my god, it's so fun. Him not understanding and then spending most of the movie driving the wrong direction to catch up with him because he thinks his mother's been attacked. (laughs) (laughs) He's like weeping uncontrollably like an insane person. Yeah, what does he say? Like, oh, I'm I'm gonna go. Your baby's coming, mama. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What'd you do to my mama? (laughs) When he finds him, he said, my mother and this Englishman. You just you don't like the English? He just ah throws him <laughs> off a bridge. It's just oh my god. Yeah, and the whole movie's like that. Yeah, it the just whole movie doesn't is that stop. energy for like in my case three hours. Like, yeah. <laughs> so and you it, might be asking yourself, isn't that a little exhausting? And I have to say yes, but yes, but in I, the I mean best in a good way. way. In the yeah. best way. You know, I think some people hear exhausting and they think like, oh, it's like draining. And it's like, no, sometimes like exhausting is just like, because you're, you're feeling all of the the experience. And experience is like, you know, that that can be exhausting. Yeah, it, oh, yes. It's something you, you, you deal with physically and emotionally. I want to say, know, hey, all right, just, uh, I mentioned, I think that I, I was like, most of the cast of this movie I think is is dead. Um, fun fact, the uh, Sylvester's girlfriend is still alive. Oh, congratulations. She's one of the, the, like, maybe handful of actors from this movie who are still alive. Um, which I just I just find that funny that she's the one still around. <laughs> Good <laughs> you for know her. What? That is kind of perfect. Good for her. Yeah. She looks incredible in this movie, by the way. Not to be, not to be. Uh, no, no, she does. She's the, she's the, just her stone cold face as she's dancing to this music with Sylvester just being a madman. Yes. Yeah. For for a moment, I was like, "We got to go back." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I I don't know if I can keep up with everything that happens in this movie. No, you can't. You no. really can't. You really can't. I mean, it's but it's it's so good. I'm trying, I'm, I'm, I just want to make sure. So, uh, to go back to Buddy Hackett and Mickey Rooney in the plane. Um, that some of the best aerial stunts. There's like like that stuff. Like them flying through the hangar is great. Like, that stuff just looks incredible. Mm-hmm. The whole, like, we're going to find an old colonel to talk you down while you're stuck in the airplane. <laughs> and he's like, now that stick you're holding, you are holding that stick. Are you, you're holding, I hope you're holding that stick. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what stick? Oh, the wheel. Yeah, we're holding it. We're both holding it. And then you see them out of control coming straight towards the tower. It's <laughs> like, oh my God. And they get him set up, and, like, they're talking about, like, getting him down. Like, you're going to make your approach. It's like, you will not be able to land until you can make your approach. And you will not be able to make your approach until you learn how to make a slow turnaround. Like, they have to do all this stuff. And then they get up to it, and it's like, all right, men, soon it'll all be over. I mean, it's all going to be over. I mean, you're going to be safe. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, what you need to do is be calm. Calm, men. Calm. Like, yelling at And then Buddy Hackett's getting calm, and he gets so calm, he lets go of the wheel. (laughs) It's not that calm, you idiot! And then they immediately <laughs> spin out of control and almost die. Uh, the fucking Three Stooges have a cameo in that scene and have no lines. Yeah, which is a wild like they're there. Yeah, what what is that? What is the reason for I that? I think part you know? is that like all like, the entire supporting cast of this movie are all like comedy veterans. Like any cop that shows up for two seconds is like a silent movie star who hasn't worked in forever. Or, like, a radio guy, you know? Wow. Like, they got everyone. And I think it was just, like, get the Three Stooges, have them stand around for a minute. And, unfortunately, it's, like, it's the Three Stooges with Curly Joe. Like, everyone hates Curly Joe. <laughs> so, 
I, I guess it's better that they don't do anything, but it was like, it is a weird, like, oh, the Three Stooges. <laughs> um, I mean, like, uh, I, I know they reached out to, uh, uh, Stan Laurel, who is still alive. Because, uh, they said, Stan, do you want to do it? And he's like, I can't do it without, uh, Hardy. He said, like, thanks, but I'm not going to do it without him. Because he had just passed away a few years previously. I was like, that's kind of sweet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I only try to get everyone. Like I said, Buster Keaton's in this fucking thing and has like one scene and you wouldn't know it was him unless you know what old Buster Keaton looks like. Yeah. Um, fucking, uh, what's his name? Um, Jack Benny shows up and has two lines. <coughs> it's like, trouble having any trouble? Yes, we don't need any help from you. Like, and he just drives away. Like, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's like... It's strange. What is, like, the equivalent of this type of movie? Not just comedy, but, like, today. Uh, Avengers Endgame. <laughs> All right, well. Yeah, this is comedy Endgame. This is, like, a good version of Avengers Endgame. There you go. What if the last Avengers movie had been all of them racing for some money? You know what? That, if they were all racing for, like, the Infinity Gauntlet Yeah, you know what? That like should that. have been Infinity War. Yeah, It's a exciting. mad, 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 mad Infinity War. Yeah, Mickey Rooney could have popped up. No, CGI Mickey Rooney, deep fake Mickey Rooney. <laughs> yeah, deep fake Mickey Rooney. I believe when did Mickey Rooney die? Two thousand fourteen. But he was one of those guys who like did movies till the day he died. He fucking lasted a while. He's That's in, crazy. He, he's in um Night at the Museum. That's right. Like, yeah, he's, he's like he's like the angry guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, because he's in the first one, right? And that's all. That's all. The, the, the old people are he, the bad he's guys. He's in the third one too. Really? They all pop up, and I believe they pop up in all three of them. Okay. Uh, but like okay. they're, you know, in the in the subsequent two, they're they're cameos. Um, gotcha. All right, just just to throw this out there, did whoever edited Mickey Rooney's Wikipedia page? Were you trying to find the angriest photos of Mickey Rooney possible? It's like half these photos of Mickey Rooney looks like he's about to go on a rant about kids these days. (laughs) Mickey Rooney is supposedly a really intense character towards the end. Oh, okay. But, uh, well, he was, when he was younger, he was the biggest star in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. And he was married, like, I believe eight times. <laughs> I'm, I'm just looking at his Wikipedia page now, and I'm like, Jesus. And he and, and, the, and his last one, last marriage did not end with his death. He did manage to divorce his last wife. Wow. So, I mean, hey, we could all live a life like that. Eight marriages, fucking dude. Yeah. yeah. Just at a certain point, like. Yeah, why keep don't. taking swings? Like. But hey, I don't know if you do. Yeah. Um, but hey, live to be ninety-three years old. Yeah, good, good for him, I guess. I think one of his wives was murdered. Oh, I have a not. No, I not. This isn't one of those where he did it. I don't think. Anyway. Okay. Uh, right, but he did right. give an insane interview once where I think someone brought it up and it was like, "Your wife." Uh, so your wife was murdered, and he was like, "Yeah, murdered." And it's like, <laughs> what the fuck, like. <laughs> Um, real character. Well, let's see. Know. He was born in 1920. They used to prescribe heroin for headaches around then, right? <laughs> so, so that that answers yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, that's that's why you... Clint Eastwood talked to chairs. Yeah, Clint Eastwood talks to chairs. I mean, all these guys were probably on a shit ton of drugs that we just didn't know. 
Yeah. This movie feels like it's a product of just mixing medication that was probably prescribed to you that we learned 10 years later you should never ingest under any circumstances. <laughs> um, who else do we got to shout out? Uh, Milton Everyone. Burl, Uncle Milty, uh, famous for having a huge dick. <laughs> Uh, also lived to be now. All these old comedy guys lived to be really old, man. Yeah, Milton also ninety three. Also ninety three, but also one of those guys were like, is like was supposedly like a real difficult customer. Ah, <laughs> um, and I don't. He might be one of these guys who like I don't know if he was canceled like retroactively because he was one of those like famously like he was like a womanizer in the era where that was like an admirable thing. Uh, and I don't know if that means he slept around a lot or if he sexually harassed women constantly. <laughs> so uh, that's that's a whole other thing. His last movie was uh, Keenan and Kel's Two Heads Are Better Than None. <laughs> well, if you're going to go out, go out swinging. I guess. Um, yeah, Uncle Milty, um, who had a, is on vacation because he had a nervous breakdown because he founded a company that thought making edible seaweed was a good idea. <laughs> so, what? why is that the setup? I don't know. <laughs> it's not, There is no thematic thing there. No, no, that one I think is just a, a wacky thing they tried to they do. Just, they just have that. Um, his wife isn't really allowed to be funny at all, unfortunately. No, no. Um, she's like the reasonable, like she's like the level-headed person, right? Yeah, yeah I like... mean, um, I, I should mention that uh, some I'm looking on Letterboxd right now because that's what we do on the show, yes. as well as mention Roger Ebert. <laughs> um, a lot of the criticisms are about like, uh, like here's one. Um, it's a two and a half star review that says Stanley Kramer very clearly has a problem with women. This yeah, is a very no, strange vestige of the '50s that came out of that that came out of in '60s. That's that's a weird sentence. I can't tell half the men apart or half the women. It's also not that funny. That's just not true. Uh, yeah, the, the last sentence, but the rest well, of it kind of is. Well, not being able to tell them apart, I don't agree with because everyone's kind of stylized in a certain way. You know, mm-hmm. it it feels like Wes Anderson could do something with this kind of material with these type of he outfits. fucking could absolutely everyone's do dressed like in. This. Yeah. So. Uh, now, what's weird about this movie is that there's definitely just, like, the sexism of the era, right? Mm-hmm. There's the mix of just, like, we don't... Like, there were women comedy stars, but we didn't treat them equally. They weren't allowed... It was, like, it, comedy was still very much a boys' club. Like, the one that gets to be really funny in this movie is Ethel Merman, but that's partly by her just playing, like, a monster. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and the jokes are, like, at her expense constantly. She's constantly getting, like, pushed over shit. Or like falling down a hill, like they straight I mean, up the, beat the her backwards up in one car scene. stunt is fucking nuts. I know that? that's not really hurt. The backwards car stunt is fucking nuts. Oh yeah, and I know that's not really hurt in the car. Yeah, but like the character, that's. But there is a scene in this where Milton Berle and Terry Thomas just beat her up. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just, but like I can't tell if there. And there's also the scene where Terry Thomas is going on a rant where he's like. American men are totally emasculated, like, where they're, like, saying... But part of me thinks that a lot of what is driving these male characters is their egos, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, that's what's pushing them, is that they don't feel adequate as men. So, part of me wonders if there's... Like, I'm not saying it's totally successful, but if they are trying to say something about what would today 
be called toxic masculinity, you know? Mm-hmm. Where they're like, no, us men have to do this. That's like the big scene at the end. We're like, no, you women stay here. Us men will go up. Now, part of that is that the ending is all of them getting violently injured. Yeah. And it's, and it's not as funny to see that happen to women. I mean, I guess. Yeah. But uh, it's also, it's, that is their comeuppance is that they are like, no, we're going to go. You guys stay. And then they all get the shit kicked out of them. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's, it's a mix. There's some, there's that stuff. The sex is the, the gender stuff has aged uh, the weirdest. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and if anything, it's just, it's good that we can at least look back and be like, yeah, we probably could handle this better now. Yeah. Who that knows? is a Comedy's good thing. Weird. You know? Comedy is so I mean, weird. I mean, I'm not saying it's like all immediately better. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, like the, the fact that we have this sort of like more introspective look on stuff, that is good. At least you can't say women aren't funny anymore. You know, like there's just oh, been yeah. too many funny women. Like there are dudes that say it, but you're an insane person if you do. Yeah, like you're. Everyone knows you're just wrong now. Yeah, you know, you can cultivate your shitty audience, but you know, it's not going to last you. Yeah, and you're also just never going to enjoy things. Yeah, and you're you're also just not funny if yeah. you say that. Well, like, yeah, but I mean, also that is like kind of the giveaway. You're looking at that point. You're looking for comedy that like aligns with your weird, reactionary political beliefs, and then it's like, well, now you're not looking at comedy. You're looking at just winning, you know, which isn't funny yeah. ever. Uh, I was trying to think, there's only, I'm trying to, there, is there any, like, weird race stuff in this? There's one joke I can think of. Uh, the opening little ditty isn't great. Oh, the opening song isn't good. Yeah, uh, uh, but I, I just want to say really quick, I, I like the point that you mentioned um, about, like, about winning. Yeah. I feel like that's not just comedy, but anything you approach in life, if it's about just winning, mm-hmm. even film criticism, you know, sometimes it's not about, like, mm. engaging with a piece of art. Sometimes you have to prove, or you feel the need to prove that yeah. something is good or bad to prove someone else wrong. And it's just like, that's not like engaging to watch. I don't relate to that in to. any way. Of course not, ever. <laughs> I mean, we we're all guilty of it yeah. on, in some capacity. Yeah, but you only have the entire back catalog of the Waffle Press retrospectives <laughs> to <laughs> prove me wrong. Um, yeah, it's, it's a bad way to look at it. Um, no. The cast yeah, is I mean, mainly... It's fun for us because we just fucking... We're, we're just shooting the shit. Yeah. There you go. That's, we're just, that's yeah, we're, this isn't really a totally professional podcast. Yeah. <laughs> a professional one would be a lot better. Yeah. Just, just throwing that out there. But um, <laughs> what I was going to say is the cast is mostly white. Um, Eddie Rochester Anderson shows up in like the last third of it as one of the cab drivers. And there isn't a lot of jokes made at his expense for a race, but there is one weird-ass joke at the end. Did you catch it? No. So, when they... The, the climax of this movie is they all end up stuck at the top of a ladder that is, like, flinging them off, right? Mm-hmm. That is the ridiculous climax of this movie. Eddie Rochester Anderson, so when it's his turn to fall off, he falls, lands on a trampoline, which sends him flying into the air, and then he lands in the arms... Of a statue of Abraham Lincoln. Which is clearly a joke at about him being black, right? Mm-hmm. But what is the joke? It might be like some neolib thing where it's like, oh, see, he's still got your back or whatever. Maybe, but it's a weird joke. Yeah, it's, yeah, I did forget about that a little it, bit. 
I think because when the weird jokes happen, they don't really register. <laughs> like, I mean, also, like, that is the sequence where everyone's getting, like, brutalized. Yeah, everyone's getting, like, electrocuted and, like, thrown through windows. The electrocution bit was genuinely, like, I thought people were going to, like, start dropping like flies. Yeah, <laughs> like, I was like, oh, are we going here? Yeah, they like, all no. died, but they just ended, they ended up in the cartoon. hospital with, like, cartoon bandages. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah it is a cartoon logic. At that point, but, but it's like it's it's perfect for this movie. Speaking of the cab drivers, uh, the other cab driver in this movie is the great Peter Falk. Yeah, back when he was like a comedy guy, which is where he kind of started. And this was my introduction to Peter Falk as a kid. Really? Oh, so this is pre-Columbo, this right? Is pre-Col- By a couple years. I did not get into Columbo until I was in high school. I don't think. Um, this is like a childhood movie of mine. So you know, a lot of comedy stuff. This leads to uh, a movie that also hasn't aged very well. Um, what's it called? Uh, Murder by Death. Have we talked about Murder by Death? You might have brought it up before. I have not seen it. Murder by Death is a it's a murder mystery comedy film uh, written by Neil Simon. Uh, it's it would be an easy recommendation from me because it is very funny, except for one of the central jokes is uh, Peter Sellers in Yellowface. Mm. Now, the joke is supposed to be that he's in Yellowface, but I don't know if that excuses it. You know, it's aged Yeah, Because mm-hmm. they're doing a riff on, like, the joke is all the characters in it are, like, it's like every old detective shows up at the same house, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like it's like Perot, it's like uh, the Thin Man, it's fucking uh, like a, like Sam Spade. That's Peter Falk is like the Sam Spade type character, Miss Marple, and then uh, Peter Sellers' character is supposed to be like Charlie Chan, you know, the mm. the old uh, Chinese detective who, although I don't know if he was Chinese or if he was Hawaiian, it was written in that era where people didn't give a shit, you know. Oh and yeah, that yeah. that character was often played by white actors. Um, so the joke of Peter Sellers playing him is supposed to be on that, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if it works, but it's that's <laughs> you know, it's a weird one. Um, I, I'm I don't know if it subverts the stereotype or just reinforces it. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's a weird. But uh, Peter Falk's in that. He's really fucking funny in that as well. Uh, he's also in um, another race uh, movie called The Great Race. Oh! Where he is the uh, like assistant to the kind of villain of the film uh, played by Jack Lemmon, Professor Fate. That's like a more, it's a race, it's a, one of those like racing comedies, but uh, it's a lot sillier than this which is saying something <laughs> really okay yeah. is it worth checking out i liked it i remember liking that movie um okay. it's a little it's a little bloated it's a little like all over the place um which is saying a lot having just watched this film <laughs> but it is it is funny it's kind of the like proto wacky races remember the wacky races i am not familiar with the wacky races with, with dick dastardly the old uh, hanna-barbera cartoon Oh, okay, with with Muttley. Yeah, with Muttley. Yeah. It's like the proto version of that. Like Okay. okay. Professor Fate is kinda of like the early Dick Dastardly. So 
Everyone loves and remembers Dick Dastardly. Yeah, no, Dick Dastardly's fucking funny. Don't you attack Dick Dastardly? No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying, like, it's not a very popular like that. That era of the Hanna Barbera stuff doesn't like doesn't have the, the staying power. It right should now. be. It should, it should be. It should. They're very inventive cartoons. They're very funny. Remember when they did that Scooby Doo movie and like they tried to make it a shared universe type thing, and Dick Dastardly was like the main villain of the movie because it, Muttley got trapped in another dimension. Yeah, you told me about that. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I don't need to watch this. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. So it's a very bad, very bad movie. Um, Triple Drat. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Curses foiled again. God damn it. I know my Dick Dastardly. Dick Dastardly's funny. Shit's funny. These movies are funny. I, I like... If you I don't like, like uh... it's a mad, mad, mad man world, get the fuck out of my army. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else to really talk about. I mean, there's Phil Silver's going down the river, which is pretty funny. Yeah. You know, I'm just yeah. yelling at that child. <laughs> Too deep, you little rat fink. <laughs> and it's clearly like they have one right take to do that, so they just like just yell stuff. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is no place for a convertible. <laughs> oh my god. That image of just him floating mm. in the car is. is unbelievably funny alright so when it, when they said it's buried under a big W what did you expect I was like oh it's gonna be like a parody of the Hollywood sign or something <laughs> so I mean you were close <laughs> it was it was three, it was palm trees in the shape of a W yeah that, that, that counts yeah I, I wasn't like off base too much this is the same sport. It is, that is, again, like one of the reasons why you want to watch the uh, in the proper aspect ratio is the the shots of them walking around, walking right past a giant W in the background and not noticing it. Yeah, and, it, it is a little cropped. Like, I mean, it does kind of mess with the, the experience. Like, I could tell the movie's even better than I'm giving it credit for. Yeah. Than the version I saw. I hope someone does like a re-release of this, you know? Like... Mm-hmm. The Cinerama Dome, that's, clo- that's still closed, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's where, they that's... say it's going to open again this year. I'm not holding my breath. Yeah. Well, we'll this, see. Is Regal trying to buy it? Was that the one I heard? I forget who bought it. Yeah. Someone bought it, and they're they're refurbishing it, and it's going to be a thing. Which is good. I'm glad. That was, that really was like a hub yeah. like, of culture. It's sad that, like, isn't, shouldn't that one be protected by, like, is that an, a landmark? Like, is it protected... I actually don't know, but it should be. Someone should get on that, like, to at yeah. least keep the building there, you know? Mm-hmm. Someone should really get on that, because L.A. is a fucking den of thieves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of evil <laughs> landlords. Um, You're not wrong. Yeah. This, I just want to make sure we hit everything I want to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we can keep going on this um, stuff. William Demarest is in this. He's got, like, a small role. He's the... Uh, the chief of police um, above uh, Captain Culpepper, which is Spencer Tracy's character. Mm-hmm. He's the one where he's like, hey, I want to get my pension up. But he's like, they say if you even mention raising your pension, I'm supposed to reduce pensions. <laughs> he comes in and does that whole rant. Um, and he was a regular uh, in um, various Preston Sturgis films. He's in Sullivan's Travels. He's one of the guys um, who's like kind of pestering him. He's in the great... He's, he gives a fucking terrific performance in Miracle at Morgan's Creek, if you haven't seen that one. I have not. Uh, writing it down. He is so fucking funny in that one. 
So you gotta check that out. That is the like depressing, like Greek tragedy twist of this film, which is Spencer Tracy. He was like, "Well, I'm about to close my big case. I wanna, I want a bonus, and I want uh, my pension to be up, and I'm gonna go on vacation with my family." And that like sets off a chain of events that leads to the destruction of his family and his pension being reduced. <laughs> and we, so that's where he gets the idea. I'm gonna steal the money, and. Uh, I'm going to run to Mexico. And right when he makes his move, we see uh, William Demarest uh, blackmailing the mayor (laughs) and fucking, uh, you know, giving him what he wants. And so it would have worked out, but he stole the money. And uh, it's it's sad. It's a little sad, but it's also... No, it is is sad. But you could totally see, like, if these people just shut the fuck up and, like, work together for, like, a second. Workers of the world unite! Yeah. <laughs> there is the funny, like, again, when they're arguing and, like, no one can agree on stuff where uh, Jonathan Winters is like, I still don't understand. I still get less than everybody else. When they have that, like, insane plan to be like, they get 12 shares, you get 6 shares. <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, but when they're like, and that's tax-free money. It's like, well, it can't be tax-free. It's like, that's stealing from the government. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, well, we can't declare the money. It's been stolen. And he's like, listen, everybody's got to pay taxes. Even businessmen who rob and cheat and steal from working people every day. Even they got to pay taxes. He's <laughs> like, oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, uh, I'm trying to look. I'm just going through the uh, Andy Devine's in this. Did you recognize Andy Devine? I did not, but I, I don't think I'm very familiar with Andy Devine. He's in, like, Stagecoach and The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. He's got that high-pitched voice. Okay, okay. Like, he's the one early on where it's like, well, some people stopped by to help. You know, like, he, he's on the radio. And we all got him on reckless driving charges. Oh, he's fucking Friar Tuck in yes, the Disney yes, Robin Hood. Yes, that's what... I should have started with Friar Tuck. Yeah, that would have immediately clicked I, I my brain. I keep getting that, like... I have to do more modern references. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm the great on it. Norman Fell is in this. Um, is as the the he's the lead detective at the Smiler Grogan site when he's interviewing everyone, being like, "What do he say? Come on!" <laughs> and uh, Buddy Hackett just puts his hands up and just like goes like just like shrugs. He does this weird shrug. Yeah. He's like, "What do he say?" And Buddy Hackett just goes like with his hands, <laughs> and it's like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> Um, Norman Felly's in The Graduate, for those who haven't seen. He's in Bullet. Uh, he's in Ocean's Eleven. Uh, the original Ocean's Eleven. Uh, unlike uh, Carl Reiner, who lived long enough to be in the remake of Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's true. Yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of people were like, I, you would recognize them. And they've all, they've all been in a million things. And a lot like... Uh, there's one woman in it who uh, she answers. She's one of the like uh, receptionists at the police stations. I think that's like an old silent movie actress. You know, like that was her like one scene. They just found anyone who was still around and put him in this movie. You know. Yeah. Like, did we mention Don Knotts already? I mentioned him briefly. Okay. Um. Just that. That is a, a great scene of just him being nervous <laughs> doing, the, doing the Don Knotts thing yeah like... um, I love Don Knotts because I, I grew up watching a lot of the reruns of um, 
Andy, Andy Griffin, Griffith show. Yeah. yeah. Andy Griffin. So yeah. I, I always, uh, like, he. I'll never forget the first episode I ever saw with him in it was, like, he has to, like, prove that he's, like, a big hero or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or, like, people mistake him for being, like, a hero that caught, like, some criminal on the loose in the Andy Griffith show, right? Mm-hmm. And then that guy breaks out again. <laughs> And Andy's trying to, like, coach him through it, and he just can't, like, yeah. uh, Barney Fife is, you know, Barney Fife it up. <laughs> and then, um, but at the very end, he's, like, he's waiting to catch, like, the perp, and he just, he's totally caught off guard, and Andy Griffith mm. makes it look like Barney <laughs> saves the day. And so he goes to check on him, and he's like, Barney, you, you doing all right? You feeling good? He's like, I swallowed my gum. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, like, in shock, and it was so fucking funny. It still cracks me up. Um, yeah, I love Don Knotts. Yeah, the uh, stuff. the one episode I always remember is the one where he, he, he was in charge for, like, one day when Andy Griffith was away, and, and by the end of the day, he arrested the whole town. Like, yeah, I remember that. That's a great one. He's also in the the fantastic uh, for those who haven't seen it, uh, the Ghost and Mister Chicken, which is just him in a haunted house. <laughs> I have not seen that. That's good, fucking good, perfect. Good Halloween watch if you want to have like fun, um, which is just him. Like it's another one where like he's clearly not a hero, but everyone thinks he's a hero. <laughs> like, no, that sounds perfect for him. Like, yeah, I no. just see his big eyes. Like and I think I'm guessing for you, it, um, for me. He was like a staple of my childhood because he was on those episodes of uh, Scooby Doo where they had special guests, and he became like a regular Scooby Doo person. Yes, like he did all the Scooby Doo episodes, and then the Scooby Doo video game. He's like a major part of it. I did not know that. So that what? think about that. He had a long enough career that he had. He has like a video game credit on his IMDb. God damn. Like, that's a career, man. That's a legend. I think one of yeah, the last things wow. he did was an episode of Robot Chicken. Perfect. Where he, uh... Perfect. Uh, which was, like, I believe a Scooby-Doo parody where they meet, uh, Jason. So, I remember... Oh, that's fantastic. I think that was the joke. <laughs> oh. That's amazing. Also, I might be the only person of my age group who, when the movie Chicken Little was coming out... Do you remember Chicken Little? I do remember Chicken Little. You know what got me hyped for Chicken Little? Don Knotts. Don Knotts is the voice of Turkey Lurkey. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking like 12-year-old me being like, I gotta see Chicken Little for Don Knotts. <laughs> I don't know who the fuck Zach Braff is. <laughs> I have to see Don Knotts in this movie. Um, not a very good movie, by the way. <laughs> no. No, it is not. I remember even watching that like when it came out, like... I think my cousins and I saw it like in a hotel room because we were on vacation with our family, mm-hmm. and then we were like bored. We're yeah. like, "When's it over?" And it's only eighty-one minutes long. Yeah, and we fucking felt that. That's crazy. That's that like dark, dark era of animation where everyone is trying to be Shrek. Yeah, like, that's that dark. Look, we're like we're self-referential. We're hip kids, and it's like no, yeah. no, <laughs> no. <laughs> The director of Chicken Little is doing the Garfield movie that's coming out. Interesting. Yeah. That guy has a weird career because I think he also, he is the, like, last minute director of Emperor's New Groove. Yep. And that's one of, like, the better ones, you know? Yeah, no, Emperor's New Groove, I I stand by that movie. He's also uh, the director of Cats Don't Dance, which is kind of an underrated movie. Um, I'll have to revisit it. That one got play for me when I was younger. Yeah. Um, 
that's uh, also has Don Knotts in it <laughs> as a turtle. Uh, but uh, yeah, he hasn't done anything. His Chicken Little kind of like didn't do very well, and that was like, okay, we're done with that type of movie. Yeah, um, I think he was out of Disney, so he hasn't worked in a long time. Um, so that'll be interesting. Is is Chris? Yeah, yeah Chris Pratt's the yeah. voice of Garfield. I keep forgetting. Yeah, that, that was one of those ones I thought was like a joke. Oh, because Chris Pratt's and everything, and they're like, no, 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 he's really in. Well, this people thing. made that joke before it happened. Yeah, like because the Mario thing had just happened, and be like, wouldn't it be funny if they cast him as Garfield? And then it did happen. Yeah. And how was Chris Pratt as Mario? Well, you know, he's not very good in it. Um, I'm not even going to blame him, though. Like, I, whatever about the man, I don't know him. Everyone has thoughts and opinions because he's, you know, he, he's... We, we know what kind he of... He wants to be governor of California. Leans. Yeah, we know where he leans politically yeah. and such, right? Yeah. Um, and there are plenty of actors that people love that have the same political leanings. They're just less public about it. Yeah. But, like, you know, he, it's not his fault that he's bad in that movie. He, he was hired to do a job and he does the job poorly, but you know, it also comes down to directing. Yeah. He was, he was directing. Was There's also himself. just don't cast him. <laughs> yeah. Like it's a, it's a bad movie. Uh, I, I did that podcast episode on it. Uh, and I'm proud of that episode. I had a great guest on. Um, we had a fruitful conversation. Um, I did not respond to like a single thing in that movie besides Jack Black. That seems to be the thing everyone likes. He's like, he's genuinely fantastic. Jack Black is also one of those guys where like, when the movie's bad, he's good. You know? Yeah. Like, is there a bad Jack Black performance? No. Like, I can't think. For of a one. while, people were saying King Kong. No, he's terrific in King Kong. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I stand by everything I said in that episode yeah. too. Yeah. People have have grown to appreciate him in that movie mm. I think but uh yeah Jack Black is always kind of good um so should the Mario movie had had the vibe of it's a mad 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 world actually yes because there's a there's Rainbow Road stuff in there yeah you know Rainbow and Road and also perfect. like isn't isn't like one of the Mario things is like collecting coins and stars and shit yeah so just had to do that that should have been the movie yeah. and honestly it kind of has like an episodic structure to it too mm. That and sounds it's only fun. ninety minutes. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, it's only ninety minutes. It feels longer than it's a mad, 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 mad world. Well, it's at whatever. Seven, it's, it's made seven hundred million dollars so far. I know, baby well, culture. Welcome to the future of food. cinema. Yeah, video game adaptations are going to be the next thing besides comic book movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, comic book movies are going to die down. Yeah, or I guess superhero movies specifically are going to die down. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, have have they? What was like? A, has anything been announced in the wake of Mario? No, because that but... was what I was waiting for. I was waiting for. Remember, like when uh, when that when Iron Man did well, and they immediately announced that they were going to get a Justice League movie made, but then like that fell apart. Like yeah, uh, like what the early attempts at that. I'm just I was yeah. like, as someone in. Have they announced... But, like, what What do you do? What is the other... Uh, like, Nintendo properties, obviously. But is there anything outside of that? Uh, for me, I, I've always said Stop Motion Spyro. That could be fun. I would love the Spyro movie. But my, my thing would. is, like, what is... How do I say this? Like, what are they... Like, what actually has that, like, sort of brand recognition, you know? Well, nothing is Mario. Nothing's Mario. Everyone there, knows Mario. There are. I, there's got to be other video game characters in a in the in the Sonic realm. You know, mm-hmm. like Sonic got a movie. 
Yeah. So who else can and, get a movie like Sonic? I don't know, but those are also moderately well received, and they're they're all financially su- successful, which is yeah. you know good for them. I guess I don't I don't care, but um, they're way better than I they have know. any right to be. Is the thing? Yeah, they're not bad. They're they're solid kids movies. Mm. You know, like if you're a parent, you want to throw something on. It's like, hey, this is, I, I enjoy this. You know, you're not. It is that frustrating thing out. though of like you wish like whoever the cynical asshole in the room is would just get the fuck out. Because like yeah. one, they're they're both one rewrite rewrite away from being like actually good movies. Like yeah, would be like oh anyone could watch this, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to uh, it's for kids. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, and I mean like even like the more like positive reviews of the Mario Brothers movie, no one's coming out of it being like they fucking nailed it. It's yeah. perfect. Everyone's like yeah, it could be better. Mm. <laughs> no one is not saying that, which I think is I guess Zelda is the other one. Right? There you go. Like yeah, Zelda. Legend of Zelda. And but I don't also know what should the be in stop motion. I don't know what the fuck you do there. Like truly, um, I don't know what the move with Zelda. They will probably give Link a voice. That's the thing, and it would be more be fun if he didn't have a voice. I agree. Um, or like, I mean, that's why we'll think about Metroid. Like, if they did a Metroid movie, like Samus shouldn't speak, you know, and yeah. just do like kind of like a ninety-minute action movie. Uh, with a little dialogue. Yeah. I think you could, but, like, I don't know, Metroid's one of those weird ones where, like, those games are so acclaimed, but they've, like, historically never sold very well. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of, it's so bizarre. Um, yeah, it is. I, I think they should do another game, Test the Waters. Well, they just know? did. They did that? Oh, fuck. Yeah, Metroid Sorry. Dread came out, like, uh, almost two years ago now, about a year and a half ago. Oh, God. And it was well-received. And I, but like I don't know what it did sales wise. Um, it was the uh, highest grossing physical launch in the UK. Um, debuted at number three in the United States. Japan debuted at number one. It's the best selling Metroid game at two point nine million. I don't know what that. I don't know where that rests in terms of other games. You know. But, uh, I think it's pretty successful, actually. <laughs> I remember uh, they wanted the Tomb Raider re- reboot yeah. from, from like 2013, 2014 to sell like a million copies or something like mm-hmm. that. And then like it didn't, but it was also the most successful Tomb Raider game ever. Yeah. And but they were like, oh, it's a disappointment. And it's what, like, what the fuck are you talking about? What is the, the company that owns Tomb Raider, or at least Diggs, <laughs> I think they sold it, um, was like notorious for... Uh, like the like insanely high expectations for sales numbers that like there was just they were never gonna hit you know yeah that makes uh, sense um, well here's something uh, just to give a little bit of a comparison so 2.9 million for mm-hmm. Metroid Dread uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild um, has sold 29 million copies Jesus Christ so. Now, I think that's one of the most successful video games of all time, so that's probably not a great comparison. Uh-huh. Uh, let me look up Super Mario Odyssey, see what that's No, look like. up Super Mario Kart 8. Super Mario Kart 8. Yeah, because I think that's the most successful Mario Kart game. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that one has, like... If that's more than, like, 30 million copies mm-hmm. or whatever, then it's, it's gonna, like... That'll help solidify, like, where these things fall mm. in the spectrum, you know? Yeah. And I also think it will be a testament to, like, why certain characters in the Nintendo brand mm. are going to be more successful than others. Because, like, we've talked about this a lot where 
you adapting video games into like narrative features or television. I don't know why you do that though. Um, sometimes you realize there's not really a story to tell because like Nintendo stuff, for example. Yeah. It's about the gameplay. That's why, like, the Mario games are so legendary and have their fantastic reputation. It's more than earned because they're incredible platformer games, for the most part, right? There's a yeah. couple misses, sure, but, like, they're great games. They're super fun, and they all hold the fuck up, the great ones. And other games might have, like, an even an like, engaging narrative story, mm. but it's like, hey, you know, like, this feels like other games I've played. Yeah. You know? And there's not that much beneath the surface. Red Dead Redemption. Love those games. Um, there are plenty of great westerns that cover the same territory. Yeah, You don't well, really need one. My thing is that, like, if you're gonna adapt these things, like, you can't, like, there's, like, Mario's such a simple, like, girl in castle kidnapped by dragon story, right? Like, yeah. that's ultimately what those are. Like, you could totally make a short film, like, not short, short film, but I mean, like, 90-minute movie that just captures the vibe of of Mario, you know? Like, I think mm-hmm. you could do it. It doesn't have to be a narrative triumph, but these movies, like, play to the lowest common denominator of that kind of shit, you know? Of just, like, we'll have someone dance to hip-hop music and make references to things. The right? needle drops are egregious. Yeah, needle drops. Movie. Needle, I, I'm... Uh, I don't want to say needle drops should be banned, because that's too... Blank, much of a blanket statement, right? Because people use yeah, needle I, drops. I don't agree with that. People yeah, use needle drops fantastically at times. Yeah. But uh, there's got to be some sort of law in place that stops unnecessary needle drops. Here, this films. is maybe the nicest thing I'll say about the Super Mario Brothers movie, and I should have brought it up on, on the recording I did, but um, the actual, like, musical compositions that kind of, like, intertwine some of the N64 vibe mm. with, like, a more modern movie soundtrack... It's actually pretty good. All right. Um, you can tell where they like they focus tested elements of it, and we're like, okay, but what if we pulled a Shrek two and we just did like a yeah, I need a hero. Mm. This, that people like that. Let's do that here. Yeah, that's the name of the song, right? I need a hero. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. Whatever. Um, out there's for a lot a hero. of. I don't know. Oh, thank you. Yes. Yes. And um, there's a lot of that. You know. Fucking Shrek it did so much damage to this country. You know what? I don't blame Shrek anymore. I don't. I don't. Totally, I, I, you can't blame people for learn for the movie itself for doing for everyone learning all the wrong lessons, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's not the Dark Knight's fault that like ninety percent of movies afterwards looked like that. Yeah. But uh, all right. So just to answer your question, to go back to like five minutes ago, <laughs> uh, Mario Kart Eight on the Wii U sold eight point four million copies really yeah oh, i thought it, i it's, really thought it was like 30 million as the, well no here's the thing as that's the highest grossing it was on the wii u it's the highest gross game for the wii u which was a notorious like bomb Ooh. of a console right uh-huh mario kart 8 deluxe for the switch has sold 52 million yeah okay so. that's mm-hmm. that sounds about right and it's so then metroid dread uh 2.9 million <laughs> yeah so. I really think it's also like the family accessibility. I get, of yeah, that it's stuff too. it's that it's the we can play with friends. Yeah, it's which all is you shit. know like whatever. It's a bad movie, but that's what people associate with the Mario brand. Yeah, so it's like I could take my kids to that. I could take grandma to that or whatever the fuck you know. Yeah. I don't know why your grandma would like that. I just movie, think there's but... a way to do it that is both fun and also earnest. You know, and like good. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. 
but um, with that, like it's it's the lowest common denominator thing I always run. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's illumination, it's yeah. illumination entertainment. Like, uh, it'll fucking shock you if you ever watch it. It basically is structurally the same movie as the '90s Mario Brother movie. That's depressing as shit. Yeah, um, and I find that movie fascinating as an artifact. Yeah, it, no, it's one of those where like that movie will stand the test of time more than this Mario movie because yeah. it's just so strange, you know. Uh-huh. It, it Remember Bob Hoskins was Mario? Yeah, it's that. It's that <laughs> um, that people like are like, wow, how did that not work? And then you watch the movie and you go, well, I I understand why. It didn't work. <laughs> trust the fungus. Hashtag trust the fungus. Oh my god, that is one of those like. I guess it's good that something like that would never happen today, but also like what the like wow I can't believe yeah. we used to make movies like that. Yeah. Um, um, on the flip side of all of this, now that we're just doing video game stuff instead yeah. of it's a mad 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 world. Um, although I was absolutely sincere in how the Mario Brothers movie should have taken inspiration from this. Now, if you, you know uh, what, I'm not, not even joking. If you bring in like. Waligi and Wario in the next one, you could totally do like a like they're racing for like the coins type plot. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the fucking plot of the new Mario is, so I, I'm not even joking. It's like shockingly similar. There's oh, like fuck. different stuff. There's no. It's not like cyberpunk and shit. It's not Mario Blade Runner. Yeah, <laughs> that was my but joke because like, you... I was so annoyed when they announced Chris Pratt as Mario because like it wasn't even like Chris Pratt was gonna be bad. It was just like this movie was gonna make. $800 million just being the Mario movie, right? Yeah, it's like they could have tried. Yeah, and I was like, you you don't, like, no one's going to see it because it's Chris Pratt. And mm-hmm. it was always going to make money, but it's going to make, like, $5 million more because of Chris Pratt. And that's such a, like, cynical move. And I was like, the main lesson that should have been learned was that as long as you don't use Blade Runner as your main inspiration for your <laughs> Mario movie, it's going to be a hit. <laughs> like. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, it's... But I'll, I'll just, I was going to say on the flip side of all this, um, you could take something like League of Legends, a game that I played for a week and got basically cyber-bullied off of because I was like, everyone who plays this game is a fucking asshole. <laughs> it's like, I never, I mean, I joke and I, I, I wasn't cyber-bullied off of it, but it was like, I tried to learn how to play and mm. the comments were just so brutal. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back to Warcraft. I don't need mm. this shit, you know? Um I loved Arcane. Yeah, that's Netflix. the thing. Everyone talks about Arcane. I've never seen it. And it's like, because I've heard like, um, oh, everyone loves the lore of League of Legends and I'm just like not a lore guy. Like, I think it's interesting sometimes, but I'm like, you know, you could tell me like, oh, the lore is really interesting. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not a, that's not a narrative. Yeah. You know? That's a Wikipedia thing. And that's totally fine. Sometimes I'll go down like a rabbit hole. I'll hyper fixate on some shit I'll never use in my real life ever, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> And I'll be like, yeah, that was a decent way to waste an hour of my life. Mm. But um, they really, like, just took the show in, like, a completely, like, it's a self-sustaining direction. I don't know how it correlates to anything that's actually League of Legends related besides, like, I kind of recognize, like, the great reviews. I've never seen it, but, like, people seem to really like it. It's not, like, a slam dunk, Mm -hmm. but it's real compelling, and the animation is just, like, Mm -hmm. it's so invigorating. It was really creatively inspiring to watch that show. That that is one of the better video game adaptations by. That was my when margin. when the fucking Lord of the Rings show was dropping on Amazon. My old take was like, don't spend money on that. You could spend like like a fourth of the money, just buy the 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 adaptation rights to like Elder Scrolls, right? 
Yeah. And just use that lore to tell your own story. Like, you could totally just build something in that universe, you know? Mm-hmm. And you could tell something completely original and independent. And you're not... You, you have the built-in IP thing that everyone's obsessed with and enough of a free playground to do whatever you want, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think they're doing Fallout, right? They're doing a Fallout show. They're doing a Fallout thing, yeah. And they're just going to make, like... It'll just be, like, a prestige drama or whatever It's going to be, like, that fucking Last of Us shit, isn't it? Like Probably. Just and gonna... I'm going to get annoyed, mm-hmm. even though it stars my, my fucking boy, Boyd Crowder from Justified. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be... I'm going to have to watch, like, the first episode because of that. Because I, I think he is such a fucking fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. Um that I it, like I don't think Walton Goggins isn't nearly enough stuff mm-hmm. is what I'm getting at when so is that when is that happening from, like uh, I think it comes out next year okay God, can you imagine like sure. the, the the thing about Fallout is like it works because of how satirical it is you know I know so the fact that Amazon's making it is like yeah it doesn't make sense it, yeah it doesn't bode well at all. well that's the I mean that's been the problem with Bethesda and Zenimax owning it is that like they can no longer really be that critical of uh, <laughs> capitalism and the war machine of America. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, instead, it's like, should we give equal rights to people? And it's like the bad guys say no, and that's the game. <laughs> yeah. So, morally complex issues yeah. like should do I you agree with slavery? Yeah. Should I <laughs> nuke a, a, a town that never did anything to me or not? Should I nuke people? Should I nuke people at all? That's a complicated choice, right? Or, hey, do you think these people over here should be treated equally as citizens? And it's like, yes or no? It's like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with a yes. I just, I'm not really inclined to, to say no to that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, people like to hype up, like, I'll, I'll pull, like, Grand Theft Auto as a reference. Like, oh, you know, you like to just turn to a maniac in high school on, on Grand Theft Auto or something like that. And it's like... It's not even that interesting of a choice in Fallout. Yeah. You know? Because then the the NPCs don't respond. Yeah. So you just, if you kill a bunch of people and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm doing the yeah, bad thing. You kill like a through. thousand dudes and like you kill like this per like the NPC's best friend and they're like, I can't believe you would do that. Anyway, uh, here's the next objective. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's a faulty system. But it just works. It just works. <laughs> it just works. It just works. Oh, what a, what a stupid sound. It just works. I, I want to shout out my cousin, um, Michael, who uh, who is a huge, like, he, he's where I get my modern video game information from. He's, mm-hmm. he's super knowledgeable about it and stuff like that. And um, I, I never rallied against Todd Howard publicly hmm. uh, in his presence because he, he was, like, a huge Fallout nerd. He still <laughs> is. Um well, Fallout I, 76 I, left such a bad taste in people's mouths. Yeah, know? I saw him fall out of love with, like, the Todd Howard approach. Because, like, he, he's owned every copy of Skyrim. Like, he loves Skyrim, right? <laughs> like, he, he's... I'm not, I'm not laughing at him. Biggest... It's just like, all right. No, no, yeah. Like, I mean, I love Skyrim. I, I think I've, I've given you my spiel about how it's just like, you know, maybe it's not a great game, but I like just doing shit yeah. in it. <laughs> it's like wandering and... It's good, like, like low That seems to me to take on a lot of the Bethesda stuff. That, like, the plot might not be good, but it's a fun world. And that's why I'm always like, do a TV show and just tell your own story. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, I saw him fall out of love with the Todd Howard thing, mm-hmm. like, over the last, like, decade. Mm-hmm. 
which was like just a really interesting like thing because it was like I had already turned the corner on it, and as my cousin got older, because he he's uh, younger than me, um, and so he was just like it, it was really interesting to watch because it's like yeah the the way these these games are being built now it's like they're not cultivating the next audience mm-hmm. you know it's like they're still trying to capitalize on what's already been established yeah and it's um well we're in the we're in such a weird world right now like video games are such a like this has nothing to do with it's a mad 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 world i think it but, does because it's all about capitalism yeah yeah i guess that's our that's our way to tie it in but yep. like <laughs> it's that thing of video games are in such a weird state right now where they want to build these games that are just infinite money machines, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, that market's crashing currently, but they'll find another gimmick that they'll use to exploit people. And it's that yeah, thing of, like, yeah. console games and actual narrative games for, like, over a decade now have sold far less, have made less money than mobile games, you know? Like, mobile games, like, fucking suplex every other video game on the market, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's this weird market that is constantly in flux, and we they don't really know what to do with it. And I worry for the next generation that because everything is like this weird kind of like like I don't know what the term is like just sl- content slop, you know? Yeah, it's and, not and everything's controlled, and you're getting games that just aren't finished, and you get them from like very specific narrow studios. While at the same time. There is stuff like the independent scene, which does a lot more interesting games, you know. Mm-hmm. And you can there's there's great games every year if you know where to look. But there isn't that like gamer culture doesn't really rally behind those games as much. There's a there's a real division between like the culture and the actual industry, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's weird. I don't I don't know because um, it's it's. I, I, I feel incredibly lucky for the era we got to grow up in with video games, you know? I do too, and yeah. Like, yeah. I hate to do that thing of, like... Because, like, sometimes, like, something that's weird about... You go on YouTube, and no one... Here's something. Everyone that says, I'm 80 years old watching this video in a YouTube comment is fucking lying. That's never true. <laughs> um, but the people who leave YouTube comments are young people most of the time, right? Mm-hmm. And you can see people being, like... I see people like commenting on something from when I was in high school being like, man, I wish I grew up with this. And I kind of want to be like, not, nah, no, you don't like <laughs> it was like, this was great. Yes. But there was also a lot of shit too. Like mm-hmm. look around, you'll find good stuff today as well. But I think we got incredibly lucky with that. The, the PlayStation two era of video games. Yeah. Of just like the d- diversity of that market. Um, before gamer, like, before the before gamer culture kind of like took a weird turn, it was still it was still niche enough that it 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 was like underground and there was a lot of creativity happening, but also successful enough that you could profit like making games, right? That mm-hmm. you could take chances and that every and it wasn't unbelievable for every friend you know to literally own at least one of the systems, right? Yeah, so you have the friend with the Xbox, you have the friend with the GameCube, and then I got the PS2, motherfuckers. So. <laughs> Um, so you can all we'll pick whose house to hang out. We'll play some games. Yeah, and I don't know. And now it's just I don't know when it when it really got bad because like the first few years of like the 360 and stuff were pretty good, but at some point it took a turn. I think about I'm not even joking. Like 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. I think it's it, there was like a, a grinding halt. Well, yeah. In like the 
accessibility of AAA games. Mm-hmm. Why, why, why those years? I'm just gonna blame it on Trump. I don't okay, know how okay. It's uh, I, I think there's something connecting it, but I haven't done the legwork on that. I'm just gonna well, gonna throw that out there. Is the year of Witcher three, Bloodborne, and Undertale. Okay, maybe right after that. But it's also the year of Fallout 4, so... And the last Metal Gear Solid game, which is like the like Kojima gets fired like in the middle of all that, right? Yeah, like, yeah. That was like a whole thing. Um, let me just look at what was 2016. Um, yeah, 2016 not looking as good. Yeah, that that's yeah. the last like era when I kept up with video games. Now I'll hop in and once in a while, you know, I... I have Resident Evil Late that I still need to play mm-hmm. and, and stream because that's what I promised the American public. I, but um, do you think the game? Do you think the video game thing, like like Trump, if you want to make that argument, you think it was like the part of it was like, oh, we should have taken GamerGate more seriously. Like I don't know maybe. how much you can really draw a line between GamerGate and Trump, but that was like a weird like, oh, there's a lot of shit going on under the surface that we we are we haven't dealt with, you know? Yeah. And Trump, uh, Trump getting elected was a like real wake up call of like, Oh, like, no, this isn't a, like, I remember that the narrative of the Trump year was like, he's not going to win, but he is, that is the template for like a future Republican, right? Mm -hmm. That this is going to be a problem in the next election. And it turned out, Nope, not the next next election. It's going to be this year. (laughs) Now. And it was something of like, Oh, this is no longer, all this stuff we've been talking about, no longer hypotheticals. They're actual things. And I wonder how much that... like I mean, that that changes how, you know, how we absorb culture going forward. And I think it says a lot that, like, the next year is, like, the fucking Last Jedi and all that shit. Like, <laughs> and I think... Uh, yeah, I think the, the Trump thing just changed how we, we... We took apart everything after that, you know? Because there was a, like, where did it go wrong type thing. And it's and there's no one answer to that, but it did it did suddenly shift stuff. And I think the video... I think video game culture was something we kind of looked at was, like... I don't know how much I want to be a part of that anymore. Um, yeah. But that's... that's I think that's a little more difficult, because there are still great games every year. But... Uh, but also, I, I'm... And then I'm older. I just don't have time for, like the 50-hour video game, right? Yeah, And then yeah, the, the industry yeah. really makes a pivot in, like, the last few years of the, like, they want to be the next Fortnite. They want the game that that's the only game you play, right? They don't mm-hmm. want you playing any other games. They want you putting everything into one game and playing it all the time. And that is something, A, I don't have time for, and B, I just don't relate to on any level, you know? And also something that's clearly not sustainable because yeah. no other game What's, has been able all, to, to capture that. It's all already crashed, right? Like yeah. The, the yeah, games yeah. that have made it work, they're sticking around for at least a little bit longer. But everyone else that tried to follow in its footsteps failed miserably. It's like the race to streaming, you know? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like certain of these things are going to well, survive. Yeah, that's the other bubble that is just like, oh, it's all bullshit. Like, yeah. But I mean, part, like, even... Part of this retrospective was talking about those sorts of things that, like... I mean, we talked about Steve Jobs that, like, the tech bubble bursts, like, right when, like, was, like, burst in the last few years, and tech optimism ends the year Steve Jobs, the movie, comes out, right? 
mm-hmm. which I think few people. I I don't. I think people undervalue how much that affected that movie's reception. Right? That suddenly we're like, oh, Silicon Valley's actually evil. <laughs> like, yeah. where like some of us kind of understood that, but it really came in stark focus around that time. Um, yeah. And I mean, 2015 is that weird year of just like it's that, and then like we're in like the Ferguson shit happening, you know, like we're still dealing with all that. Mm-hmm. And that was, it was just, it was a weird time in America. Yeah. And, um, thankfully things have been cool and chill since then. Yeah. Everything's fine now. It's, it has been the opposite of a mad, 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 mad world. Why can't it just be, it's a nice, 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 nice time. That's the text you sent me last yeah. night. And who the fuck wants to see that? Yeah. <laughs> Well, it could be like Magic Mike XXL. Yeah, sure. You know what? Every, uh, everyone's just nice. You don't lay some cards on the table? I haven't seen a single Magic Mike film. Okay, you'll probably like the second one. I've heard I, I've heard they're good. I just, it is one of those, I just, I don't know why. Um, it's not even my, like, weird Soderbergh not being in love with Soderbergh thing. Okay, um, okay. I just had it. Um, oh, wait, no, I saw the first one. I did see the first one. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, it is pretty good. I did not. Good. The like, second one uh, is a masterpiece. I did not like walk out of it being like, "Fuck yeah, motherfucker." <laughs> no, 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 the first one's very good, but it's not even like close to the top of my Soderbergh favorites. Yeah. You know? Um, Magic Mike XXL. Yeah, I have not seen the third film yet. That got like kind of a mixed reception. It did, but like I've heard, it's like radically different. But they're all like radically different from each other. So because that's the Soderbergh thing, he's taking swings. Yeah, he's you know, the most daring filmmaker alive. That's not true. He shot but he's on an a iPhone. Daring filmmaker. It's, did he's you a see daring that iPhone? Filmmaker. I did. He shot I like on that an movie. iPhone. I like Unsane. What do you think of his Solaris? Uh, I love it. It is not. It doesn't have like a patch on the Tarkovsky one for me. But Tarkovsky's like top 10 filmmakers for me, yeah. you know, like I've heard people refer to it as boring and I think they're wrong. Well, that, I, I feel like you're talking about Soderbergh Solaris. Uh, Tarkovsky's. Okay. Tarkovsky's. I know uh, there's been a movement that, uh, Soderbergh is better and you know, like I, I really don't want to fight on that, but, um, like I, I think Tarkovsky is just like one of the masters <laughs> and Soderbergh as much as I love him is not Tarkovsky. Yeah. He's not trying to be though also which is what i appreciate that was that thing about that movie is that it's not it really isn't like it doesn't feel like tarkovsky's version at all yeah you know so it's like i could just have both yeah the one i found funny about is that stanislaw lem like hates both versions (laughs) like he like came out was like they fucking didn't get it motherfuckers like (laughs) he was so angry about both versions of those movies so. And it's funny because it's like Tarkovsky and Soderbergh are such like different filmmakers. Yeah. Tarkovsky's like a fucking like that, that dude was probably not nice to be around. Yeah. And Soderbergh, everyone loves to hang out with Soderbergh. Well, yeah. <laughs> so. But what what was the like? Why did Soderbergh go like Solaris? Like, do you know? I actually don't know. It, I think it, there's it, a commentary it, on it. I should get that. Yeah, you should check that because there is something to me of like that would it is kind of like sing now and be like you know what I want to remake Metropolis. Right? Yeah. Like, why Metropolis? You know? There's, like, something about it. It's, like, it's too much of a, like, staple of... Although there is the anime Metropolis. Oh, yeah, yeah. It is actually pretty good, but it's also, like, it takes a wild swing away from uh, the the original version. Yeah. Which is, honestly, like, what you gotta do with the remake. You know, like, if someone were to tackle It's a Mad, 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 Mad World in the modern age, like... 
Yeah, just I don't use know that how, setup. Just, just, it's just about getting money. Just do that. Yeah. You don't really um, need anything oh, else. And for Solaris, uh, James Cameron almost remade it, and he's a producer. Yeah, on that's that it. weird so era that's... where Cameron's like attached to a bunch of shit, right? Yeah. Like, and then he's like, no, nah, I'm just going to do Titanic and Avatar. Yeah, I'm just going to develop the technology for Avatar for over a decade. Yeah. What a fucking legend. <laughs> what a fucking lunatic that guy is. Oh, Daniel Day-Lewis, uh, Soderbergh wanted him to star in his Solaris. And I'm a, I don't know what the reason, the they haven't reason worked was. They together, right? No. Yeah, that But seems... I'm assuming the reason he didn't star in it is because they couldn't fund his living in actual space. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, that seems like a bad mix. You think so? Yeah, I don't know if Soderbergh is and them together would be a good thing. Okay, well, no one's with Daniel Day-Lewis because he's retired now. So. Yeah. PTA still talks to him, apparently. Yeah. I bet you That's if PTA good. tried to, he could get him out of retirement. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. But, that makes sense to me. But, hey. Yeah, I mean, what a fucking move to go out on, though. Yeah, no, that's a great one. Um, yeah. I have the worst hit record with Paul Thomas Anderson movies. Really? Yeah, I tried showing Phantom Thread to people. They did not like oh, it. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I you tried. told me this. I, I don't know why. I just thought, like, oh, fuck, do you, does he not like some of them? Like, no, no, I, I, I love his movies, obviously. Yeah. It's just people, I show them to people, and they just, they, I don't know what it is. They always, it's weird. They seem to ex- be expecting a different movie, and they don't want to let it be what it is, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like I honestly I think I showed Phantom Thread the people who were expecting it to be There Will Be Blood Part Two. Oh my God, yeah. no! <laughs> and like There Will Be Blood is the only one that's kind of hit with people, and uh, I'm like, and they're like, well, when is when is Stanley Lewis gonna like like kill someone? And I was like, well, he's not like. <laughs> It was, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it was, it, it was not. It's one of those like really frustrating movie watches. Like, I was like, what made you think that was gonna happen? Like, yeah. it's about a fucking guy making dresses. Watch the fucking movie. And yeah, I've had that. Um, I put licorice pizza on, and like someone just couldn't get over how much they hated uh, Cooper Hoffman. Oh, <laughs> they hated that kid. Um. I showed Punch Drunk Love to someone and induced a panic attack, uh, <laughs> which I, I wasn't you trying that to one do. on the Happy Amblin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we talked about that. So, uh, yeah, and like you know, Inherent Vice and like the Master, I took people to and they were just baffled. Yeah, I think those are the the two that still baffle people the most. Yeah, um, and I'll say for me, not that I've shown anyone like these movies in particular, but from my understanding. The ones that are the best received are Boogie Nights, Punch Drunk Love, There Will Be Blood. Yeah. Those, those are the, the few. Boogie then, Nights... Uh, Mag- Magnolia, Magnolia still has some like, play, oddly. Putting Boogie Nights on is like, I'm going to ruin your night. Like, <laughs> and There Will Be Blood. I think pe- people are they're kind of confused with There Will Be Blood. I don't know. It's engaging. Maybe because there is blood. Like The violence just happens at a certain point. Well, Daniel Day Lewis is so fucking like yeah. monstrous in that movie. He's really hard to stop looking at in that movie. Yeah, he was the the the, the Lydia Tar of his era. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, now, there's a great movie. Oh yeah, fuck yeah. Wonder if we'll ever find a chance to talk about it in a future failed awards series. We probably will, frankly. <laughs> this movie has, by the way, this movie has no business being on this list. 
No, no, no. It actually does because it was nominated for. It was nominated for a bunch of Academy Awards. Six Academy Awards, and it only won Best Sound Effects. Yeah. It the the song was nominated. That counts. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't have to agree with it. I'm just saying it counts. It's a stretch. I, I'm still saying it's a stretch. No, this one works. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad we got to talk about it. I'm glad we really. Yeah. I'm really glad we got to talk about it. Yeah, me, me too. Uh, I was not aware that best cinematography was divided into two separate categories back then. Uh, color. Yeah. And fucking the Academy's so weird. So fucking stupid. Like. It, it's like it's like fucking separating like cold foods and hot foods. It's like, <laughs> so fucking stupid. I'm sorry. I know people hate the fucking food comparison, the cinema, but like whatever. It's shorthand. Suck my dick. Uh, Ernest Laszlo does an incredible job photographing this movie. Um, I cannot wait to watch it in its full 70 millimeter glory. Yep. With those nice widescreen compositions. Um, yeah. This this was an utter delight. I'm really excited to watch it again. I'm glad. You, I'm, I'm honestly, I don't give a fuck about the success of this retrospective at all. <laughs> now, I'm just glad you like the movie. Thank you. I, Thank never, you. I, I don't know how this is. It's a weird one. So, yeah. Um, I mean, fucking people checked out uh, the Emperor of the North episode on YouTube. So, yeah. I hope people like knows? that one too because that's another really good one. But yeah, that that's a fantastic movie. Yeah. So. Uh, Matt, thank you for joining me. Any final thoughts? Um, great movie. Go watch it. That's about it. Yeah. Okay, that's it for the the retrospective for season two yeah. of the Failed Award Contenders. We did it. We did it, everyone. Woo! <laughs> Woo! We haven't decided what we're doing next. Yeah, so we're, in the, we're in a bit of a state of flux, but we'll yeah. figure it out. We will figure it out. There, there's at least one thing I think we could sneak in before the next, like, series. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for watching. Like and subscribe. If you didn't like this retrospective, like and subscribe anyways, because you might find something to do we got, like. we got some great retrospectives coming. Yes. We've also we done exactly. some great ones. We, we know exactly what we're going to talk about next. Exactly. exactly. Yep. That was, that was a, a facade I made. That was... That's what that was. Got a million great plans. Yeah. We do actually have some plans. We just don't know which yeah, one we're going to do Yeah, it's, it's about what happens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you, Matt, for doing this with me after all this time. I yeah, really thank, appreciate and it. And thank you. I, I think I kind of picked most of the movies this time, so I, I apologize if uh, that was I, I dominated the list with some insane picks. But I No, think no. It, but I discovered it's a mad, 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 mad world, and... Um, it, it surpassed my expectations. And now we're never going to talk about Stanley Kramer ever again. <laughs> I, guess, I guess not, huh? This is going to be the one. Cause... Yeah, because why would we talk about his other movies? I don't know. You know. There's maybe nothing, something will come there's up. There's nothing this ludicrous in his filmography. That's too bad, because this was just the best. Um, yeah. yeah, all right. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. We've been professionally unprofessional. That's it. Goodbye, Sorry, that was anticlimactic. <laughs> Goodbye, Jonathan Demi. Goodbye.